Hello and welcome to Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. I'm Connor from the House of L. And I am Ray from the House of Zod. And we are joined by... Uh, Robert Reinecke uh, from uh, Swap Things podcast, probably most applicable, but also uh, the Still Watching the Skies podcast at wherethelongtailends.com. Yeah, and obviously those will be in the show notes as well. I'm sorry, I never clarify for my guests if they're introducing themselves or I'm introducing them. So I guess it's like a little torturous mind game I have going on. Uh, salutations, Robert. <laughs> salutations. Thank you on your coat. Welcome to well, the show. I'm happy to be out again. Yes. Yeah. yeah uh, so Robert, obviously friend of the show, uh, sent us... Uh, he, our last episode was your request. Uh, the Legion of Superheroes story. Very cool, very cool story, Robert. Actually, yeah, surprisingly enjoyable. Yeah, yeah I, I was uh, pleased that you guys enjoyed it. I didn't know when I sent it in if you would or not, but uh, Jim Shooter it makes me jealous of what he's able to do as a sixteen-year-old. Oh, yeah, crazy. <laughs> I mean, people always get nervous when they send us their requests. Was it? Phil was saying, "I hope Connor doesn't hate it." But I liked it, and then Ray hated it. Well, hate's a bit of a strong word, I think. Yeah, no, no, I didn't hate it. Didn't, I, didn't um, hate it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, obviously, Robert, we had you on here with John uh, for the Swamp Thing episode. Which yes. Is, uh, still a great episode. Um, it's yeah, a while ago it, now. It helps that we had a great story with lots to talk about. That's that. true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, that 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 was awesome, man. Because yeah, I, I specifically sought out you guys, and you're very gracious both coming on after just doing the exact same thing. So, yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, we found a couple of different angles. Oh, absolutely. Guys, but... <laughs> well, I, I if anything, you, guys... you were very well prepared. Yeah. You know, that's good. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah. well, I have lots of notes already. <laughs> I, I listened to them, and I'm like, oh man. I sound like an idiot compared to these guys. I've got to get these guys on our show to, you know, put, put well, all the stuff in that I can't put in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, now we're here with another Alan Moore story, the final Alan Moore Superman story. Well, mm. sort of. Um, not counting Supreme. <laughs> yes, not counting Supreme. This is the final right. actual Superman, not Superman clone. Uh, Alan Moore story, and it is also the final pre-crisis Superman story. Jeez, uh, a bit of background on this, I guess. So, in Superman fandom, like you look at, uh, if you ever get bored and look at top ten lists and stuff, like it's always this or All Star that's on the top, um, and it's kind of funny because these are both the sort of end of career mm-hmm. slash life stories for superman um by two of superman's arguably greatest writers so they're they're butting heads a lot um i've personally ran into a lot more people who prefer all-star to this um yeah but uh me included although it's been a few years since i read all-star but this is a really good story and yeah it was um it's just interesting because it's such a um, it, it's kind of just such like a big story because it really was, you know, concluding this, mm-hmm. um, what, like 50 year history. Um, 
And but on the other hand, uh, as Alan Moore quaintly puts, it's an imaginary story, aren't they? Yeah. So you know, you can take this as like, oh, this is the ending to Silver Age Superman, or you can take this as just like a what if, mm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. But in the end, it doesn't matter because it's comics; they're all in continuity, you know. So yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I bungled that intro to the story, but my point was it's a big deal, um, very big deal, this story. So, yeah, it's uh, I really wanted to get um, uh, you, uh, you to uh, guess with us on this because I'm so mixed about the story, and I still am, to be honest. So I just want as much, like, uh, opinions firing around as possible to help me make up mm-hmm. my mind. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what the what the heck of a year? I mean, they they actually had like two. 1986 was a heck of a year for DC. Oh yeah. Uh, they, I mean, they had two end of their career stories with the Dark Knight Returns and yeah. this last uh, the Silver Age Superman story. Um, and uh, I think they both have uh, have their fandom. What one of them? Obviously, the Dark Knight Returns is the bigger deal. But yeah. This is still a pretty big deal. And, yeah. Uh, Alan Moore and. Uh, Frank Miller certainly helped cement their reputations with this, although, I mean, Alan Moore was having quite a year this. While he was writing this, he was also writing Watchmen and yeah. uh, Swap Thing at the same time. So you have, like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> a month with, like, three issues of that. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine that month in college? You get Watchmen, uh, whatever happens to the Man of Tomorrow, and, like, you know, one of the Swamp Things issues, just, like, the quality of that month, Yeah, I think, would be... Uh, <laughs> You're doing having a pretty good month already. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, yeah, Dark Knight Returns was still floating around out there. I, I think there was uh, Frank Miller was on like a, a bi-monthly schedule at this point because he was behind on it, but uh, it, it would have been coming out around there. So you have like all th- all three of those things overlapping, or four of those yeah. things overlapping. That wasn't. Uh, I'm pretty sure Born Again was '86 as well. There was some stuff happening in Marvel oh. too. Yeah. Um, you know, really, Born Again's obviously a huge story. Or was yeah. Born Again 87? You know, it might be 87, actually, but, uh, yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's not forget 1986 also heralded uh, Captain America versus the Armadillo. Uh, <laughs> not not as, uh, as well-remembered as the others, but I remember it because it was one of my first comics. So, 80, 86, I remember... Um, yeah, I don't even remember what the na- the number of it. But Walt Simonson's floor was still going on at the time. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's a very good run. Yeah, yeah. So Born Again was eighty six, and Ray, I find that highly amusing because like it's one of your first comics, so it's like your random pick of the winner. You have all these timeless <laughs> classics coming out that month, and then you pick up Captain America versus <laughs> <Thomas> <laughs> <Dillard>. Yeah, <laughs> how different would your life be? If I you know. Something or born or, again. Or born again. Or, yeah, it's it's yeah. crazy. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but no, no, I was actually a little little short story. I was I was in the US uh, family trip, and it was in one of the wow. the, the news agencies. And uh, I, I wasn't into comics at all, and I saw it on the rack. Looked pretty cool, Captain America falling out a, a skyscraper with armadillo. Yeah, pick it up, <laughs> and that's <laughs> one of the first uh, first comics. Yeah, it's really weird. Just people have, like, I always hear these stories about people's first comic and stuff, and it's like, I don't remember mine. Oh, yeah. I remember comics I really liked when I was young, but I just don't remember what my first comic was at <laughs> all. Um, 
It's a bit hard. Yeah, well, maybe yeah. maybe if you do kind of like peruse various, maybe various ones, like you were kind of flirting with the idea, and and so there was no kind of seminal or, or one comic that that got you. That's in. true. I was always yeah. into them to an extent. So yeah, yeah I I don't know what I bought when I was like eight or so because I might have bought a half a dozen things that I don't I know some of them from that age, but it's like yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I, I remember I bought Nightwing because I just like the name Nightwing. Ooh. I don't even know what the character looked like. I just bought the book. Uh, it's when a I pretty was, like, cool name. Or yeah. Um, yeah. It's just then you have these stories by like uh, Bob Fisher who runs Superman Forever Radio, and it's like this magical story of him in the fifties finding this box in a barn full of Superman. <laughs> and it's like, wow, that's like a movie moment, you know? Yeah. It's like I have nothing like that. Though. <laughs> No, I, I don't have anything like that, but I do remember going to the, we would go to the uh, local pharmacy every that every week or so, and I would pick out a comic or two, so. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this, I found kind of the backstory interesting, how they wanted uh, Jerry Siegel to do it, mm-hmm. but due mm-hmm. to legal issues, like, he couldn't, um, which I found interesting. So I guess they got the next best thing, which is Alan Moore. Um, Sorry, Connor, can we... Uh, have you we can't mention- get the creator of Superman. Sorry, Connor, have we mentioned who requested this? Uh, no. Uh, yes, good point. I was about to mention it before, then I forgot. Uh, Noel Tate requested mm-hmm. this, and I think he also requested the other Alan Moore stories Noel. as well. So Looney Tunes. Uh, <laughs> yes, the Looney Tunes indeed. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, no, thanks, Noel, for the request. Yes. Um, these are all books you would have covered at some point, I'm sure, anyway, but uh, getting them in nice and early now. Uh, so, yeah, I guess this is the... Yeah, the, this is the conclusion to Noel's string of requests. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, cool. It would be interesting to see if he has any more or not. But, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, and for anyone with requests, it'll be a while till we do it. Uh, our next episode is going to be another request, but that's it for a while. So, mm. yeah. But um, anyway, yeah, I believe Alan Moore said, if you don't let me write this story, I'll kill you or something, <laughs> uh, which I <I'm> pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a lot like him as well. Okay. So I think I think I can't remember who it was, but they were, I think it was I think it was Julie Schwartz mentioning. Yeah. They wanted like a writer for the final Superman story, and Alan Moore's like. Give me, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you know, and not that Alan Moore wasn't already busy with Watchmen and Swamp Thing, but I guess uh, I must you can really for, want... for something as monumental as that. Like, you, you can make room with your schedule. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. No. I don't know who else would have, would have done it at the time. <laughs> yeah, I. It's interesting. Um, you know, if you don't, you don't have Jerry Siegel. Uh, then, you know, I'd probably much rather Alan Moore do it than, say, Marv Wolfman. Um, And that's not throwing shade at Marv Wolfman. I mean, it is, but it's not doing it in a mean way. I'm just Mm. saying, like... (laughs) If I prefer... No, I mean... I was picking someone. um, No, I mean, or or Carrie Bates, or uh, uh, who else would have been uh, somebody um, long associated with the title? mm, Elias Magan? Yeah. Um, uh, Jim Stalin, maybe... Uh, actually, Elliot S. Magan could have been a good choice. He's, he's, he had very good um, stories. But, you know, this is what we got. Uh, is it good? 
Is it not? Hmm. <laughs> I guess we'll see, won't we? So, do we want to fly to the Fortress of Solitude? Absolutely. Robert, are you up yes. for the uh, yeah up for the journey? Oh yeah, we can I carry. am up for the journey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, ooh, an, another peek behind the curtain because Connor of the House of Elves yet again forgot to divvy out the synopsis. Um, oh, I got it. You want to do it? Oh, uh, oh, divvy out. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll do the first three paragraphs. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do the last two, Ray? Unless you wanted to do any, Robert, or yeah, Robert, do you want no, to? No, I'll listen then. <laughs> okay, sweet. All maybe right, on, so... maybe on the second part. <laughs> sure. All right, okay. Ray, you take the last two. I'll take the first three. Hang on, there's there's a lot, a lot more than those than five paragraphs. I'm looking at. Uh, oh, sorry, well, we're just going to do one issue first, right? Oh, okay, sure, sure. Yep, yep, yeah. So we'll start with part one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Should we, we go right. up? Yep. Yes, let's go up, up and away and Maybe fly right. away from this embarrassing. <laughs> um, up, 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 and away! away. We are Venomaniacs. Is the Venom Site official podcast for all of your symbiote news, reviews, and point of views about Venom-related comics, movies, television, animation, and merchandise. We are available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Google Play Music, and YouTube. Join us, won't you? Part 1, Superman 423. The framing device of whatever happened to the man of tomorrow is the tale of Daily Planet reporter Tim Crane in the then future of 1997, paying a visit to former Planet reporter Lois Lane Elliott, hoping that she, as the last person to have seen Superman alive, can shed some light on the mystery of the Man of Steel's appearance ten years previous. Uh, Disappearance, that is. The majority of the story is told in flashback as Lois recounts for Crane the tale of Superman's final days. Ten years beforehand, a period of relative peace had ensued after the majority of Superman's enemies have either died or been vanquished. Or vanished. Uh, Brainiac is believed to have been destroyed two years prior, Lex Luthor has gone underground, and the Parasite and Terror Man have killed each other. Supergirl, in the meantime, has recently died. While returning from a government expedition in space, Superman reunites with his old enemy Bizarro. Historically a harmless dunce who says the opposite of what he means, he changes his modus operandi to become a perfect, imperfect duplicate of Superman by first deliberately destroying Bizarro World, since Superman's home planet Krypton was destroyed in an accident, and coming to Earth as an adult, since Superman was sent to Earth as a baby. Going on a killing spree, since Superman never kills anyone, and then committing suicide via explosion to to blue kryptonite, since Superman was in fact alive, Bizarro's twisted logic translates this into having to be dead to be the perfect imperfect duplicate. His last words are, hello Superman, hello. This darkening of intent is furthered when two past enemies, the Toy Man and the Prankster, learn of Superman's secret identity from Pete Ross who may have tortured and killed, and during a live TV newcast, the fearsome funsters then launch an attack that exposes Clark Kent's secret identity as Superman to the world. Lex Luthor searches an unidentified snowy wasteland for the remains of Brainiac, who was presumed to have died when his organic spaceship crashed. 
Finding the android's seemingly inert head, Luther claims it with the intent of disassembling it to learn its technology. However, he inadvertently reactivates the head, which quickly moves to take over Luther's own body, mind and motor functions. With the intent of avenging his own defeat at Superman's hands, Brainiac, now in full control over Luthor, moves to build a new ship and take the fight to Superman personally. Along the way, he stops to pick up the Kryptonite Man, who has also been compelled to seek out and destroy Superman. After saving the Daily Planet Star from an assault by an army of Metallos, Superman takes his closest friends, including Lois, Jimmy Olsen, Lana Lang, and Perry White and his wife Alice, to his Fortress of Solitude for safety. Crypto joins them, having returned from deep space. At this moment, the Legion of Superheroes visits from the 30th century. The team brings Supergirl who, from an earlier point in her own lifetime, was visiting the future. The Legion bestows upon Superman a gift, a trophy of him holding the Phantom Zone projector inscribed, His Supreme Hour. Superman fears that the Legion is visiting now to pay their last respects before his death. There you go. Right. Yes. Yep. Mm. Jam-packed. Yeah, lots of, lots of jam. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I guess I guess we'll start from the start. So the whole framing device. How do we feel about that? Uh, about um, the reporter and yeah, coming to the, Lois. The fact that it's kind of like a flashback via the interview. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, fine. No, I thought that was I thought it was good. Um, yeah, Robert. Sorry. I like I like the the frame. I like the introduction because, of course, Alan Moore is good with prose. Um, yeah. And, uh, I mean, it kind of hints at what's to come, but uh, he has some surprises up his sleeve. And I like the kind of uh, futuristic world that kind of looks like an update of uh, 5060 Superman, especially the dress that uh, Lois is going around in. Or I guess it's not really a dress, it's as pants, but (laughs) yeah, yeah. uh, whatever. You describe that outfit with the big puffy collars. It looks like an <laughs> extension of uh, <laughs> yeah. 50, 60 Superman comics. Um, so I, I I feel like I don't think Alan Moore or Kurt Swan thought this would be the world of the future of our world, but I feel, yeah. I feel like this is the future of Superman's world. And I, I like mm. that quite a bit. I, um, I do think that's a big strength is um, like they're not trying to yeah, they're not trying to do the future of our world, like, accurately. That's just, mm. you know, it, yeah. it works better for the story because, uh, you know, there is, it does seem like a bit of a, not perfect world, but not a world in strife or anything. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and even just in the, the the most basic sense of it, by having it framed like this as well, you add to the... I guess the mystery, because we're trying to figure out what's happened to Superman as a reader yeah. straight away. So yeah. it's, it's, it's told through, um, you know, a uh, third person account. Uh, so we don't see it firsthand. Uh, and it just adds to a bit more of the, the allure and the mystery as to where he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you have this inconsequential, this guy, what's his name? Tim Crane. Is he any, any relevance? Mm-hmm. But, um, no, no, I don't yeah. Think so. Yeah, exactly. So but, it's, but I'm glad Lawrence is there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that, that's our that's our first touchstone, isn't it? Because um, yeah. we all know her, but she, immediately she's quite different. Uh, she's introduced as Lois Elliot. 
And she's right. also not a dit. Um, mm. Oops, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it is, it is true. And uh, I like that she's kind of melancholy uh, about talking about it. You can tell in the, the choices she makes. And, and in Kurt Swan's, I think, very, very good art. I mean, George oh. Perez with the inks here. And I think it, it, it brings out the best in Kurt Swan here. At least it, it looks a little bit more modern than I think we we think of Kurt Swan, although he was quite capable of uh, drawing modern, but I, I yeah. think the, mm-hmm. I think the inks go with Kurt Swan's pencils very well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally yeah. Right. Yeah. It's George Perez on inks. Um, yeah, actually you didn't mention, uh, Kurt Swan is the artist and I, you know, I feel like you're getting the artist for the last Superman story. I mean, it he is the choice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like so. he would, he would be my pick. I think he should be, yeah, he's just too, Definitive. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, very good. No, very I, good. I, it has to be Kurt Swan. And uh, I, I I, think uh, Alan Moore is both using this uh, frame to, uh, well, to inform and mislead at the same time. So. Mm, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And it is a really good intro, like introductory text that he's done. And, you know, the, the this is an imaginary story, aren't they all? It's very... Yes, sort of, uh, yeah, and like the the whole thing. This is an imaginary story that 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 was a thing in because you have um, like Superman Red and Superman Blue. Like they would do these stories mm. that yes. were like what would happen yeah. in the future. There was like the death of Superman. Yeah, um, which is very good, by the yeah. way. Yeah, uh, yeah, and Ray, this is death of Superman in the sixties. So this is before and stuff. Um, okay, and that was like a you know, what if of, like, Superman's death yeah. or an Elseworlds. Um, but, yeah, like, yeah. they weren't called Elseworlds or anything. They were just called imaginary tales within yeah. Superman comics. Um, yeah. Yeah, these ones are always fun, aren't they? Because you know that there's nothing... Uh, there's, there's no added weight weight to it, like these one-off imaginary mm. tales. Yeah, they're, they're, I, I do like them. Um, as much as, I mean, we had a, a conversation offline, Connor, about continuity... And stuff. Yeah. I do love continuity in my comics as well, but at the same token, I just love these ones because it's just a lot more liberating to just read it and yeah. not have to be weighed down by the fact that, okay, so how does this tie in with anything else? It's good. I guess this one's a bit different, though, as in it has a bit more, I think, I don't want to say credence or credibility, but it has a bit more weight to it as an ending, given the context Yeah. of the fact that like they specifically wanted to write an ending to Superman. And treat it like it was the last two issues of Superman ever written. Yeah, so so um, um, maybe Connor and, and Robert, you can um, expound on this a little bit more. So, because you, you you both mentioned how significant this is, and, and so much weight is is to it, and and what you just said there about how they wanted to write this as the ending of Superman, but it really isn't though, right? I mean, as it, as as you mentioned, it's an imaginary tale. So what? I mean, so just for coming is, from an outsider, like it, it's yeah. still to me like a what if or an else world. So I'm not really mm-hmm. invested in the sense that this has got so much weight to it. But what what has made it become well, so? Well, it's the last pre-crisis Superman story ever published. So, with, but, like, yeah, but they but they plan that right. So they're saying, okay, so after this, then Man this, the steel is next with John Byrne. Yeah. Sorry, what was that? Uh, 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 Robert said after this is John Byrne's Man of Steel. Okay, and that's a reboot, right? The kind yeah. of a re- uh, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. So oh, this okay. is like yeah. this yeah. is the final 
Silver Age and Bronze Age Superman right. story. And so everyone uh, kind of knew, everyone kind of knew that that there was going to be a massive reboot after this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, well okay. Okay, it was a big okay. deal. <laughs> right. Yeah, so everyone okay. everyone knew this was going to be the last, you know, Superman story, quote unquote. Like John Burns, everyone knew John Burns' reboot was hitting. Yeah. Um, later on, but like that was going to be the new rebooted Superman. So um, can I can I ask then? Because if this is an imaginary tale, what in the uh, regular continuity of the time? What issue was that? And wouldn't that have a lot more significance as well because it, it's it's set in the continuity of the actual character? What do you mean? This you is... The, the issue before is what you're saying? Uh, yeah, I mean, so this this has been um, this has been marketed as an imaginary tale, right? Like, as a... This is mm-hmm. this is not really part of continuity. Um, is... It kind of can't be. Cause... Okay, right. Yeah. I think all is kind of the, the key, I think, to it. Right. Yeah. I th- okay. And I think that's more Alan Moore saying that yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Than, like, I don't think they would have... Uh, I mean, I'm not sure, but I don't think they would have advertised this as like an Elseworlds or something. Yeah, um, right. Um, but this is kind of like Dark Knight Returns, which is technically not in continuity, but right. is a big deal. <laughs> yeah, okay, gotcha. Okay. But that was set in... Okay, fair enough. Okay, cool, cool, yeah, cool. Yeah, and, and as Robert said, like the aren't they all line is key mm. because... Mm-hmm. It is that sort of distinction where it's like you could have ended on this is an imaginary story, but then when you say aren't they all, it's like well, mm, yeah. So Which I think it's actually... quite clever what he did. I mean, I yeah, I guess I when I did like a read through of pre crisis, no, I did not read every issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I I like ended with this before going on to the Burn Man of Steel reboot instead of ending with Crisis on Infinite Earth. So. I guess I do consider this mm. myself to be the sort of ending to that, to the pre-crisis Superman, but I don't consider it like, you know, I feel like uh, there's, you could pick a bunch of endings for pre-crisis Superman if you want, I feel like. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know. We were kind of in that interim between uh, the end of Crisis on the Infinite Earth and Man of Steel. Yeah. And all of them are kind of, they kind of knew the end was die, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, um, I, I this is the one I think they, that that at least kind of sticks out by reputation and as being special at the time. So okay, right, yeah, um, yeah. So I love Bizarro. I love what they did with Bizarro in this. I thought it was pretty clever. Um, I mean, it, it. I I did pretty much read it out in the synopsis. Yeah. Like it, it explains, yeah. but I do love how they did, you know. It was very stone planet and stuff. Yeah, um, actually, I mean, you did read it out in the synopsis, but it was very well told in in the, mm. in the comic. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was quite thorough. I think Alan Moore made sure, and because um, again, look, you know, I don't know too much about. I just know is the opposite, right? So I had a lot of fun with him, especially saying hello, Superman, hello at the end, and and how everything's the complete opposite to what Superman would do. But again. Uh, sorry, please indulge me, Robert, as well. Uh, so bizarre, but this is his natural modus operandi, isn't it? Isn't he always the opposite? So- well, he's always the opposite, but not quite the opposite. I don't know if you ever saw the Bizarro Seinfeld. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've seen all sounds. I always like that. Elena kind of points out that he's not quite really the opposite. Okay. But- 
<laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, um, he's very much the opposite here. Yeah. 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 He, he's certainly kind of harmless, mostly. He's just kind of clumsy, mm. uh, but not murderous. And I, I think Quentin Perez on the the on the inks here kind of really brings out all the destruction in the background mm. here. Oh, it's the, beautiful. The way that, uh, really nice. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's not the the classic Bizarro with with that kind of destruction and, and how detailed okay. how it pops there. Yeah, um, as, as Superman says, he's always like been a nuisance. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I do love Bizarro. But Bizarro is like there's no kind of Bizarro rules. He's always like a difficult character to wrap your head around which i think mm. is part of his appeal because you're never really quite sure what's going on inside his head <laughs> um, yeah yes. <laughs> so yeah and, and yes the bizarro episode of seinfeld was brilliant um <laughs> and bizarro jerry has like a he literally has a statue of bizarro in his apartment instead of superman which i just thought <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, yeah but, but- uh, the art was fantastic, yeah. I mean, they're just oh, saying, okay. Robert, the, the inks, but Perez as well, as well as Kurt Swan, of course, but um, just so, uh, I don't know, full-bodied. I don't know how to expect, because uh, uh, he does use a lot of, like, of the shading. Um, yeah. Um, but, like, they're full blacks, so, so you get a nice rounded, um, very, yeah, very mm. three-dimensional. Yeah, it, it, it's, I think Swan certainly put his... Uh, hard into this one too i mean i just look at the like he has that uh bizarre lifting like a well a cabinet or a safe over his head there mm. but i i like how it overlaps the panel here and just kind of pops yes uh, yeah when he makes his appearance and it's, it's just kind of pops off the the page there so yeah. i'm really glad uh kurt swan got to do this story because obviously he wasn't really involved with superman after the reboot in the main titles anyway no. i'm uh, but, like, the fact that he got to do this final sort of uh, Sayonara story for Superman, I think, is really nice. But yeah, did he? what did he do after Crisis? Yeah, I, I yeah. think he, Crisis did, was not good for his career. Um, I know he did He did return to Superman in uh, Action Comics Weekly. They right. had, like, a, a two-page, like, Sunday strip uh, type uh, deal going in there, which he penciled. Um, and yeah, he kind of bounced around and he didn't really have a good, yeah. I think they, they kind of ushered him out with it too. And I don't think he was quite ready to retire. I know he threw no. an issue a swap thing, uh, later on, um, uh, under Rick Veach in the late eighties, which is quite a send up of, uh, I, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Jack Chick, um, very, uh, religious conservative uh one he would he would draw these what they're called the chick tracks and they were always about uh you do this and you end up in hell <laughs> and uh very conservative of that and uh rick beach and kurt swan did a parody of that swamp thing um but i i think kurt swan kind of was out of a career a career uh, uh crisis after this so yeah he did some minor stuff afterwards uh i think he did a couple of a few Superman stories in like the mm. late eighties, mm-hmm. um, um, and in nineteen ninety five, Swan did four illustrations for Penthouse Comics of a Larry Niven essay, Man of Steel, Woman of Kleenex, which detailed the problems that Superman would have in having sexual intercourse and reproducing with human women. 
Um, I knew about the essay. I didn't know he did illustrations for it. (laughs) 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 And he had five pages published posthumously in the 1996 Superman The Wedding album. So he didn't do much at all, which I think is a real shame. Like, I I feel like he should have gotten a lot more work on Superman. Like, I don't care if you're trying to push this new image of Superman. You have, like, three mm-hmm. titles. I don't know. Um, yeah. And I think I think it's, it's clear that with the proper inker, he's still an effective uh, artist of the time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not my favorite artist for nostalgia reasons. Well, I mean, that's part of it. But, like, I think his art is really, really good, especially in, like, you know, the, the 80s. Um, because, like, uh, before that, like, his art's really good. But, like, in the 80s, it's still it feels modern as well. Um, even in the seventies, actually. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, bizarre stuff is great. Um, and next we have the whole, uh, prankster and toy man debacle where they kill Pete Ross. <laughs> yeah. This is quite dark. <laughs> like he's isn't just it? dead. Um, yeah, it is very dark. <laughs> yeah. Pete Ross I mean, is not like a small character. Pretty no. much, you know, um, I, I mean, I mean, first all these little super red dolls attack Clark. Yeah, I, I like that, actually. I like that and the reveal afterwards. I think is well done. Well, it's uh, a great page where good, he's yeah. in his tattered Clark Kent um, outfit. He's like holding oh, the cats out of the bag. yeah, holding the figurines. Yeah, <laughs> but it's uh, it's pretty uh, yeah, pretty fun. Like I like it how that um, that lady. Says, oh, I've seen one of these. All you got to do is, like, you know, press the legs together, and uh, but it actually uh, disintegrates like a box or a desk. Yeah, uh, and it's like, oh, yeah. this is actually a lot more than uh, that we thought. Uh, yeah. But I, I don't know about you. Not look, this didn't. Not that it really affected my enjoyment or experience of this comic. Um, but this whole thing about Superman's identity being revealed. Um, I just can't help but think of the present day, the current uh, thing that Brian Michael Bendis is doing. Um, and what I I found myself doing was comparing the two in the sense that in this story with Alan, Alan Moore, it seems that this reveal of his identity, um, it, it's it's just a slippery slope then to what would seem to be um, the end of days for Superman. It, it kind of really escalates quickly. From here, yes. Um, whereas, you know, I was thinking, oh, hang on, hang on. The Brian Michael Bender story with him, it's not that drastic. You know, he's revealed himself. There's a few problems here and there, but uh, you know, in no way is he um, facing death. You, you know, um, but right. over here, it's very much, uh, it's very much like the catalyst to basically this is it for, for Superman. You know, this is a start yeah. of everything. Well, I mean, well, it's definitely it for Clark Kent. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And there was a lot. There was a lot more importance with the secret identity back then as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it hadn't been revealed about three hundred times at this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's also the fact that I kind of agree that it would be a slippery slope and things would get worse after his identity gets revealed like this, as opposed to oh, everything's mm. fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Like, uh, oh, the villains won't do anything. Yeah. You know, it's just well, like, it's a Brian they say, "Oh, it's actually it's actually a good thing that you revealed your identity." Um, yeah, that that's what Bendis is trying to push. Is that yeah. like it's a good thing? And I just I just don't buy it. I mean, there's mm. got to be some villains that'll use that to their advantage. Oh, absolutely, you know? yeah. yeah. But uh, 
you know, I, I, I was thinking about that as well. I was kind of chuckling to myself about the current uh, identity <laughs> fiasco. <laughs> um, yeah. But how morbid yeah. is this? Pete Ross, like, yeah. as a jack-in-the-box, just his dead arms just kind of springing as he opens the box. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, and apparently had been tortured beforehand, too. Yeah. Jeez yeah. Louise. And, yeah, so, yeah, it was just so... Um, it, it, it's like, okay, this is happening. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, oh, so this is what this story is going to be like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know. It, that, that's where it gets, it, it gets the, the bizarro thing was, was kind of dark. This gets really dark. You know, oh, yeah, this is, this is super dark. Um, and then I, I do love, like, Superman being like, do you know what radio waves look yeah. like? Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. Like, I never would have thought now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he asks it as a question, then he answers it as he bursts through the wall. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, um, so we get some, uh, you know, hints. So Ray, I'm curious, like going way forward, mm-hmm. did you have any idea? Did you ever figure out who was behind all of this before? No, no, yeah. not at all. No, no, I, I didn't really. Occurred to me. I wasn't even trying to think ahead. I, I was just enjoying the ride. Um, but yeah. it was towards the end once, you know, it seemed that, that Brainiac wasn't behind it and stuff. That's so like, you're kind of wondering. Yeah. It's okay. Well, there's another power to, uh, yeah, but I, I didn't really, um, yeah, I didn't really delve too much, too much into it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't either. I mean, there's hints at it, but it's just kind of like it's kind of like the universe turning against them. It, it doesn't seem mm-hmm. like there's a a villain at play yet. And once no. once you know, it it is uh, cool rereading it when you know it's him behind it. Yeah, because it does make sense. It does. Well, it does. Yeah. It does, doesn't it? Because if yeah. you look at it now, like what happened with Bizarro and these, who were these? These toy people, um, uh, prankster and toy man, prankster and toy man. There's no correlation, is there? No. Between the two, no. but but they're both doing these um, random or like things that you don't expect them to do. So yeah, yeah. It, it, the only explanation, I guess, at the end is is the one that kind of fits. Yeah, and I love this um, funeral scene, and I love this line. Uh, you know, if the nuisances if the nuisances from my past are coming back as killers, what happens when the killers mm. come back? Yeah, because he's only been dealing with, like, you know, bit-time villains now. and, and Yeah, they're... the ones who are just, like, comical. Yeah, um, but they've been proven pretty deadly. So yeah. can you imagine the likes of Lex Luthor, Brainiac, you know, all that? Yeah, the, the storm's yeah. coming. The storm clouds are in the background as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lois has got a yeah. beret on. Why not? Yes, she does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so poor Pete. Uh, yeah, this must have been coming out right around the same time when they're planning the, the comedian's funeral, too. So when he was uh, writing this. <laughs> right. Oh, right. Yeah. And um, even has kind of that, same, that similar overhead shot looking down at the casket of that. Yeah. Right. True. Yeah. So we, uh, the opposite of Red Sun here with old Lex, uh, <laughs> which I like because Lex is fallible. 
Um, and he gets he gets dominated by Brainiac. <laughs> How scary is this? This is like I it's love creepy. Um, I love yeah. this. Yeah, because there's nothing. Can you imagine those those scales or something? kind of going up your arm and then on your head. Like, there's nothing Lex could do at that point. It was just too no. fast. It's just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I, I, honestly, I'd like to see something like this in a movie. Yes, I would love to as well. God, we all... How have we not had Brainiac in a movie yeah. yet? Like, it, it kind of re- <laughs> reminded me, not that it's, you know, it's like Superman 3, because I have these... I watched it when yeah. I was re- really young, yes. and, and I'm still slightly traumatized when that woman gets kind of, uh, you know, turned into a robot, yeah. that whole process. Yeah, that was so, like... <laughs> yeah. It's one of those scenes that just traumatize kids everywhere. Um, yeah. It's like... It's so uh, out of, like, nowhere. Um, exactly. You, you're enjoying this Richard Pryor a, comedy. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Robert. But, I mean, it's like the 70s, 70s and early 80s are full of stuff like that. Yeah. Mm, uh, yeah, so, true. <laughs> Blindside. Right, this, this is that time when Disney released uh, when Return to Oz. Oh <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh jeez. I think it's. I think it's fitting that Lex gets kind of done in by Brainiac. Um, yeah, because you know, for all his uh, intellect and stuff, he's still human. Brainiac mm. is like this cosmic. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, I love. <laughs> I welcome you to the new Brainiac with a team. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like controlling his body. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I really like that a lot. I wish there was a little bit more of Luther personality in mm. these two issues. But, yeah, that that is true, considering it's a final Superman story and Lex gets pretty much mm. like done. He gets in dominated. His yeah. 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 Absolutely he, dominated. He, he gets like two pages. And uh, I guess a, a, another page or two in the, the second part, but it, it's it's not much Lex Luthor in here. <laughs> it no. does suit the character, though. Yeah, um, him going out like this is definitely very. Um, yeah, Th- there was he, a bit he of underestimated his uh, op- opponent here. Yes, <laughs> yeah. which, and, which and is the... a very Lex Luthor thing. <laughs> yeah, and there's a bit of arrogance to it as well. You know, finding the head, picking it up, having no worry at all. Like you know. Um, yeah, so he gets kind of done, and and you're and right. I just say Connor is like he's only human. So at this point, what can he do? Really, nothing. Yeah, like it's funny because I remember in Cross and Infinite Earths, I believe Brainiac was like the leader of most of the villains in that, um, and he was like choosing between the Golden Age and Silver Age Lex Luthor, which I thought was highly amusing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of them got vaporized. I won't tell you which one though. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was very funny. Uh but um yeah, so that 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 creepiness. So this we're into like full on um you know It's freaky. Uh Alan Moore's got his creepy hands yeah. all over it. Uh which is <laughs> yeah. like so this it's in, we will come to this later. But all this stuff for me all this violence and death for me is fine for the Bronze Age. Mm. Because mm. Bronze Age Superman stories, I've read even Bronze Age Superman stories you've covered on this show. People have died. They're always generally get like, uh, I don't want to say dark, but you know, mm. Superman's more distressed as a character. 
mm-hmm. in the Bronze Age and always questioning himself and stuff. Um, yeah. And, like, this this is all fine for a conclusion to, like, just the continuation of that Bronze Age thing. It's just when he brings in some Silver Age elements that I'm like, well, okay. feels a bit inconsistent. But I guess we'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. This is definitely yeah. a darker Superman story, though. Probably one of the darkest ones. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it, it definitely is. Um, but uh, so then we have all the Metallos. <laughs> this is hilarious. I was like in broad daylight and this guy gets trying to get solicited by by a prostitute in the middle of the day. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I would that was think like... that the Daily Planet is the part of town that would have uh, yeah. prostitutes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was pretty odd, right? It, wasn't, okay. it hasn't stood out to me until you kind of mentioned it. <laughs> well, either that or she's just, you know, a very um, business-minded <laughs> woman. I don't know. For 20 bucks, I could break your heart. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe she just... Maybe she just thinks he's a huge stud. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and she just needs some change as well. Just need 20 bucks. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, this again, this surprised me. So you guys obviously know about Metallos, right? I have no idea about them, but... I know they... about... Metallo's because well the whole thing is we actually cover the issue on the Krypton report coming out soon, but Metallo dies in his first appearance. Okay. Um, and then his brother's Metallo. But I don't know about all these other Metallos. Um no, that, that that's surprising. And uh I, honestly I think I've only had read one uh Metallo story uh pre crisis. Um one of those that I would pick up based on a cover. Uh yeah. Superman 317 with a great Neil Adams cover. Oh, nice. Uh, you really should take a look at it. Let's see. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, it is a good cover. Yeah. Neil Adams is a great uh, Superman artist. He's one of my favorites. But he's really known for Batman, but I do really love yeah. his Superman stuff as well. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Neil Adams was, was great at whatever he put his hands to. Yeah. That's, that's another good. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. just a really good artist. Um, but this is pretty cool. So Metallos can turn people into Metallos as well. I have no idea what yeah. the deal with the multiple <laughs> Metallos is. Like uh-huh. I'm just, I was, I think Alan Moore got some pretty obscure. Like I think he got a bunch of stuff that was only in like one issue, and I have yeah. a feeling that the multiple Metallos might be that. Okay. Um. <clears throat> But this description of Superman's really good about, like, he's a violet comet because the colours blur together. Yeah, I love that, yeah. actually. I thought that was really cool. Um, I never considered that, but has that ever been carried on, like, later on, about him being... I've never seen him as a violet comet again. No, I haven't either. No. It's a good I idea. Think, maybe, like, once, but it, it generally yeah. is blue and red the way it they is. do it. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice... Uh, Again, more just kind of thinking about well, what, what, what can we do here? It kind of fits with the old uh, science fiction ideas that I always like to insert in the uh, Superman comics of the, the uh, Silver Age. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, well, Moore and Superman, I feel like Moore definitely knows his stuff and he's. Yeah. You know, like, I, I don't know how I feel about this story, but, like, Moore writes. It's written very well, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I love how Superman beats all of them. Yeah, uh, the, the by, big like, bang. His hands up. 
Yeah, it's pretty funny. I just, I, I just love Lois. Is, what are you doing? He's <laughs> just robbing this huge pole. <laughs> it's like, thank, thank God he's got to explain it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I do like how they depict the the globe as a big magnet too, uh, mm. with the energy kind of swirling around on it. I think that's a nice symbol in it. They do just... something with the Daily Planet symbol in the story. I, I appreciate that. Don't you guys miss like these solutions Superman would have to problems, like these weird, like loose scientific solutions? Yeah, yeah. you know, I love them. They're really cool. They're very classic. And like he, he only seems to. He mostly does them in these pre-crisis stories. Mm. Like, he's yeah. usually... Um, it's like, man, science is fun. Yeah. You know? Like, <laughs> as I've said many times before, I I really think that the sci-fi element with Superman should have more of an emphasis than it currently does. Yeah. Um, it's almost yeah, it non-existent. It would have had a steal if he had some, some sort of way of defeating Zod other than breaking his back. Oh, hang on, Robert. Hold, hold, you, hold your phone there. Come on. <laughs> No, no betting, no betting Zod around here when I'm. A... <laughs> Look, I, I stand by the neck breaking, but uh, I think it's fine. But the the thing that I can see people having a problem with is that like they deliberately wrote Superman into that corner, so that was the mm. only thing he could do. Yeah, um, and it's like, did you yeah. need to write him into that corner? Because like they obviously wrote him into that corner because they wanted to give him no other option. Yeah. Um, and I'm fine with that, but it was like it's proven to be controversial, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, to say the least. Probably, probably not the, the best choice for the introduction. Uh, yeah, the for the introduction, no. Um, for me, the movie's fine, but if I if I'm doing a Superman movie that's an introduction, I wouldn't have put that in. Yeah. Uh, if if every if everyone watching it was me, then I would have been fine. <laughs> but like you know. Um, <laughs> I don't hate it either, but I just, I just say it, it, it'd probably be better placed in like a second movie rather than your first movie. Yeah, I'd say. I mean, I yeah. didn't mind. I didn't mind it in the first one, but yeah, you're right. I mean, because it is a little bit of a risk. <laughs> so uh, well, keep it for the second one. It's there to kind of establish like him not killing. Yeah. 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 But then like the movie ends on an upbeat note. So I think it's like kind of a really difficult thing to try and pull off. Mm. There's um, a bit of whiplash there. You don't, yeah, exactly. You don't want your movie to end like really depressingly. Yeah. But then when you have him break his neck and he's like screaming in anguish and then you go to him being like, I think he's super hot or whatever after he breaks <laughs> a satellite yeah. and the movie ends and I'm just like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. It was a bit jarring, but you know, um, <laughs> but yeah, well, as you know, Robert, we'll be doing Man of Steel at some point, so that'll be a fun discussion. Yeah, I mean, there are there are some very good parts of Man of Steel, and there's some parts that uh, Zack Snyder being Zack Snyder. <laughs> yeah, I I hold to I think Man of Steel's been the best one because of Christopher Nolan's involvement. Yeah, yeah I think I think there there was certainly a balance there, and uh, Nolan wanted to insert the science fiction ideas of first contact and uh, uh but still present superman as superman and i uh, did like I, how they put a big emphasis on the science and mm-hmm. the realism as much as i'm not about realism i do appreciate them doing like the 
you know, getting all the physics and how, like, uh, I can't remember what technology they based the Phantom Zone off, mm-hmm. but uh, that was, like, a big thing at the time, you know? It's like, oh, yeah. what would this really be like if these people could move this fast? Like, what would actually happen? How would it affect the environment around them? I thought all that stuff was really neat. And it's kind of often overlooked due to the plot and stuff, mm. but, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... I, I think they they kind of the actual movie kind of uh, uh, wasn't what the trailers were selling to, which is sometimes a problem, especially yeah. when the trailer is so great. I felt I, I thought it was. Well, I mean, it's certainly darker than the trailers at the end. Yeah, mm. yeah. I see. I'm. I I I just don't consider it that dark. Like outside of that moment. Where he kills yeah. him, obviously. Yeah, like, I mean, that, the movie that, is kind of like a standard sort of yeah, it's invasion. Not yeah. Um. Obviously, have you read Superman Earth One? I don't think I read Earth One yet. It's not no. great, but it has a lot. It's like that movie's kind of like Earth One and Birthright combined. Mm-hmm. Like it's very similar, um, in tone. But yeah. Anyway, we, we could talk about this for hours. So. Yeah. There's a podcast coming up on that. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and, oh, God, who knows when that's coming out. But, yeah, at some point. Um, but, you know, after Superman makes the giant magnet and defeats all the Metallos. Uh, actually, I do like... Uh, what was that line? I remember hoping he hadn't made it strong enough to lift the cars from the street oh, below, yeah. but I needn't have worried. He got everything right, as always. Yeah. As a nice <laughs> nifty way to kind of address any... Any readers questioning, you know? Yeah, well, that's not, what I think. Is like, yeah. how many times has Superman does these done these crazy things, and you're like, but what if yeah. it does this? Yeah, exactly. but then Lois Lane explains it perfectly. He's like, he got everything just right, just as right. always, you know. Yeah. And that's enough, really. You don't, you, you don't want to go. It oh, is. well, yeah, how could he do it just right? Then you know, you just go, kind of, okay, well, <laughs> yeah, he's made a giant well, magnet. Just go with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just go with it. So, so yeah, yeah. But at least it's a dress. Rabbit hole, then. Yeah. Yeah, it is addressed, and it's addressed, I think, in a very clever way as yeah. well. Um, you know, I gather most of them later were successfully rehumanized. Oh, that's neat. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've no idea what's going on with them, <laughs> like yeah. the lore or anything. Of this, uh, yeah, Metal is kind of like never was a big deal, but always seemed like just on the cusp of having a good idea with them. They think the Kryptonite Heart. Uh, yeah, be a cryptic powered cyborg is, is a, a really good idea, but I don't think they're quite able to figure it out in the Silver Age. He only ever, I think, he only ever became a big deal in, um, like what was Superman two post crisis? They gave him the Terminator look, yeah, um, and like you know, he became popular after that. I think. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, the post-crisis, they, they had a, a little better idea what to do with them, but I, pre-crisis, uh, not quite. And I, I think his his look definitely needed an update at this point too. Oh, it, definitely. It definitely screamed fifties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and look, the look wasn't that good to begin with, to be honest. You know, no. some, some looks have stood the test of time. Uh, AKA Superman, Metallo. Yes. Uh, maybe give him a re- makeover. Um, <laughs> you know. Yeah. My problem with Metallo I mean, is every time I see him in Superman, Metallo always just beats the crap out of him. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I, 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 I think they did a really good job with the Brainiac makeover. Uh, he, he definitely needed one like that. I think the Terminator one works pretty well too. Oh, for I, Brainiac. I think, yeah, uh, for Metal. Yeah, oh, but Metal. the Brainiac makeover. Uh, I, I think the robotic Brainiac I think works really well too. I think mean, that's mm. one of his best looks. It is yeah, a good look. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he, he moves everyone to the fortress. And they're all mm-hmm. like, you know, the, we're, we're getting the stage set. Like, this, the, yeah. Yeah, the, with the dialogue, it's like, you know, it's the uh, air of finality and stuff. Like yeah, this, this is yeah. where it's, this is where it really starts to kind of, Alan Moore's really starting to set it up as this, yeah, this air of finality. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. the world is closing in on Superman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everything's everything's in one place here for some sort of final showdown, and you know the the return of crypto, which I love. Mm. Um, you know his arrival struck an ominous note. You know, it's so like was he was he in the Phantom Zone before? Is that no, crypto? no? He apparently he was just roaming the stars. Oh, okay. Yeah, crypto went off and did his own stuff sometimes in the Silver oh. Age. Um, but yeah, now he's finally returned. It's like he senses. But it's the end, you know. Mm. Um, Sometimes have... these animals can can sense these sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's exactly what Moore was going for there. Yeah, I love our kryptonite man. It's just like walking through Metropolis, going ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just being generally disagreeable. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't destroyed anything. He's just walking around yelling. Yeah. I do like the the way that Brainiac's ship just kind of hangs over there in the background though of the <laughs> city. <laughs> um, I love that. What was that line about his low intelligence? Uh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Kryptonite Man, while intellectually lim- limited, provides an ideal assassination. He does seem intellectually limited. Though. Yes. <laughs> but he seems to be quite. I, I do like that Brainiac of uh, absolutely if he has objections that he already knows the answers. <laughs> <laughs> The Brainiac could have been a sass in this. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, like even yeah. this, this, this old the head attached to Luther's yeah. head. It's just pretty cool. Um, but yeah. Kryptonite yeah. Man, like the Paisley out there too, just kind of have that little triangular yeah. diamond look to it, almost yeah. kind of like Brainiac had it in a way. Yeah, uh, yeah, there. Yeah. Um, but Kryptonite Man's he sounds pretty dangerous in his own right. I mean. Yeah. Superman can't usually. Yeah. Have you guys come across him a lot? Is he is he a big time villain or? Um. So he. I think he was like the like kid that fight. Yeah. So he fights yeah. Superboy. And I think this is his first appearance, Kryptonite Man. But I know Grant Morrison. No, not Grant Morrison. Uh, Sholly Fish, who was doing the backups for Grant Morrison's action comics, which were just as good in my opinion. They did an annual okay. with a new Kryptonite Man. He was pretty good. Okay. Um, and he was like an angry wife beater, uh, yeah. but it was like it was a really good story. Um, but he's dead now, as we saw in Batman Superman Seven. They were at his grave. Oh, I think because Ra was trying to get the kryptonite from his body or something. Um, but uh, yeah, no, he's not like a an A list Superman villain. Okay, um, because like Metallo's kind of filled that role of being like a walking chunk of kryptonite. So, oh, okay, Metallo's kryptonite is he? Well, he's he's powered by kryptonite. Oh, okay, so he can just open right. his chest cavity and then. Yeah. Kryptonite ah, will be there. Right. Superman will be like, ah! So. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now everyone's in the fortress getting depressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hugs all I, around. I like 
Yeah, the hug between Lois and Lana, but I like uh, Perry and his wife kind of just like walk separately, and then you have uh, Lois and Lana come together. Uh, yeah, kind of irony there because they're rivals and they're they're together at the end while Perry and his wife are Married. coming apart. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think all this stuff is really good in the yeah. fortress. Yeah, um, you know, and and Jimmy's there too. I guess we just don't see him right now. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, and Superman doesn't need to sleep. No. Nope. So. Yeah, but this has got to be like the, yeah, this has got to be like the, one of the most depressed I've ever seen uh, pre-crisis Superman. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's saying something because he got pretty depressed. <laughs> I think pre-crisis Superman is generally more depressed than post-crisis. Because um, he remembers Krypton. Yeah. And stuff, and he's always moping about it. Shut up, your planet died. <laughs> Boo hoo. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, the Legion pops up, and it's actually Ray. Isn't it good timing that we read the Legion story before this? Well, um, yeah, I, I immediately was trying to recognize faces. I think I got Monel there, and uh, the guy with the, the headband. He he came up later towards the end of those issues, Robert, that you you um suggested for us. Um, yeah. I, I can't see Shadow Lass though. Yeah, I don't think most of these but, guys were in those issues. And Duo no, Damsel, I mean, he, yeah. Uh, this is kind of, and you can kind of tell this is like a earlier '60s, maybe when uh, Swan was doing the art regularly on it. Because uh, uh, you got uh, Invisible Kid, uh, Saturn yeah, Girl, Brainiac Five, uh, Lightning Lad, and Cosmic Boy there, which is pretty much the well, four of them I would say are the classic. Uh, legionnaires. Okay. Although I yeah. don't, I don't know how, how much a part Invisible Kid is on there, but <laughs> and of course, uh, Teenage Supergirl. Oh yeah. So this whole sequence is like a continuous kind of gut punch because <laughs> it's like um, Supergirl's dead. Yeah. This is yeah. after this is after the crisis event which she died in. So and like that that death was tragic. Like that that would be yeah. a very deep wound that Superman would carry because that was the last of his family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she like pretty much died in his arms and he was like very upset when that yeah. happened. Um mm-hmm. so he would still be very upset, I think. I think that's like a something he would never recover from. Yeah. Well he looks very uh, angry. Especially Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh so I thought that was like a very sort of powerful and clever kind of thing. For more to do was to kind of rub the sort of young Supergirl on Superman's face. Uh, yeah, and she's always kind of in the foreground or background of the scenes where uh, uh, for the panels where uh, Brainiac and Superman are discussing her. Like she's a presence there. Yeah, and like the first time reading this, it had emotional weight. But when I read this after doing my big kind of read through of pre-Crisis Superman, including Crisis, this scene had like a lot of emotional weight. Um, right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, like this, this, this story and the scene really did feel like the end, and you know, seeing oh. Supergirl again, it's just like, damn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's interesting. So I'm, glad I, more, yeah. More, yeah, I'm glad more worked her into the story. Yeah, yeah, she needs to be there at the end in some capacity. So yeah, that's not, interesting. Not just a statue in the background. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, now having you know, as you describe it and and crisis and all that, yeah, it does add a lot more to it. I I, I didn't really pick up too much on it. Yeah. Um, when I read it, yeah, and the telling Supergirl that the the Supergirl over this time is in the past, I think is a 
another bit of, of sparkly writing from war. That's uh, it, it, it's not, it, it's both true and sad. Yeah. And a lot of like Superman's kind of like, what the hell are you guys doing? Like the entire time. And they give him that, you know, statue, which comes into play later in quite a clever way. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I do like also that uh, uh, Brainiac Five was uh, Supergirl's boyfriend for a while there too. Yeah, so you kind of uh, see a little bit of emotion here too on him. Uh, yeah, yeah, he doesn't look too happy in that panel. So. No. So that they're both people that cared about uh, the Supergirl there and kind of yeah. know uh, what, what's awaits her. Yeah, yeah. They're they're both from Supergirl's future at this point. Mm. Yeah, and then they like the. It's really good shots when the silhouette of Superman and Crypto as the Legion arrives and as they depart. I think are really nice panels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I guess uh, you know we get the money shot of the issue, which is Superman crying in the fortress of Crypto. Thank yeah. You. Yeah, it's a very yeah. very well composed. Um, page, mm. really nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, no, he more built it up, I think, very well, and I, yeah. I like how he just crypto was just kind of sitting by his master's. Yeah, looking at him. It, 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 if there's a perfect panel in this uh, issue, I think that's it. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah, and like I, I guess Superman is just overwhelmed. You know, he's just seen Supergirl again, he's just found out he's, like, gonna die, probably tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a, um, yeah. Pete it's per- Ross. <laughs> yeah, it's a perfect culmination of everything that's kind of happened so quickly over the course of just this issue for us, but, um, yeah, for Superman, and and at the same time, it's a statement by Moore for the readers to, to let us know that, you know, this is, um, this is a, a crisis of sorts for Superman. Yeah. And you yeah. should be sad too, readers. That's what he also said. <laughs> <laughs> but he's I know. Like, oh. Yeah, if you're at the end of it going quite happy and quite, you know, chipper, you're probably going, oh, hang on, hang on. Ooh. Yeah, honestly, reading through this, I it didn't really do wonders for my mood. I found it kind of depressing, if I'm being honest, because a lot yeah. of it was just, yeah, like, going downhill. And, like, it's good. And, you know, I... You know me, I don't mind when Superman's put to the ropes, but like it just, I found it genuinely like, man, this is just kind of a downer. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're, I, I, I think, I think it's a downer. I think that Superman really needs a little bit of a swashbuckling spirit. Uh, well, I mean, I don't, I, they I mean, not every that. story, but I, I think if you're, if you're going to represent Superman and yeah. try to write the story to represent it, you need a little bit of, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the closest you get is the Metallo moment to it. Um, well, I think they then... kind of do that at the end, but I think we'll talk about that when we get there. But I think at this point, yeah, maybe it could have started off with a bit of swashbuckling Superman. I don't think it'd be appropriate to have Superman having any of that right now because we're at the sort of darkest yeah. before the dawn point. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, like, I guess... You know, we've seen Superman cry before in terms of, like, he sheds tears and stuff, but we haven't really seen him break down like this. So there's a real sense of finality mm. there, I yeah. think. Um, but, yeah, so that was the first issue. Uh, 
out of two. The stage is set, as it were. Mm. The horrible stage. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I guess we'll rate this overall. I feel like we should rate it overall because it is one yeah. story. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, do you have any other thoughts on this issue before we move on? No, uh, other than... Just um, like you mentioning how heavy it is at this point, I'm I'm actually kind of enjoying it. <laughs> it's, um, oh no, uh, I'm not saying yeah, heavy is bad. No, 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 absolutely, yeah. and, and and I understand that as well. No, no, it just um, I, I think it's just a really well told story. The pace is is great. I mean, there's a lot there that um, Alan Wood has done, and I, I love it in the in the cover that you actually see these. Um, touchstones in the story yeah and then you see it unfold yeah. in front of you so you're kind of not in that sense um too overwhelmed by everything because it's like oh okay i'm up to this panel where the the funsters come mm-hmm. in you, you know and uh, and then you can predict what's going to happen you kind of know what's coming up as well yeah. uh so yeah I, th- I thought it was very a nice connection between the cover and and the, the main story yeah uh, and heavy overall but um uh, testament to Alan Moore's writing uh, it was engaging throughout yeah and I, I like how Moore did, kind of does it I mean he starts like the, the sunny future with the statue of uh, mm. Superman and yeah. ends in this dark space in this enclosed cavern in the dark with Superman crying so I, I yeah. think it's, uh, it's a definite progression to the, I think uh, in this issue like so far and I think for the whole thing like Alan Moore has definitely put in like, despite the fact that he's writing two other titles, he has put in all of his effort mm. into these issues. Like, he hasn't slashed at all. You can tell he wants, he's wanted to write this, um, or that he wants to write it, I should say. And he's obviously, he's put in, like, a lot of research mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, and he, he's, he's misdirecting in the best way. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there, there are things that are going to pop up in the second part that he laid the seeds for very well here. Yeah, we're about uh, to go crazy. Um, <laughs> about to get bonkers in the fortress. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and he, and he and he he did he covered a lot of bases uh, so far without it actually feeling crammed. I think, yeah. I think it's very yes, based. yeah, exactly. good point. This this I mean, he, he juggles the ensemble like there's so many characters in here quite well, mm-hmm. and he he even has. Some other little subplots here that I mean, yeah. we don't really need uh, Perry and his wife having a uh, uh, marriage problems, but it, it it kind of fits here too. That the, not everything's happy here, and uh, it adds a nice yeah. thing. You've been touched, maybe. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And well, I think one of the keys, one of the reasons it's the ensemble works so much is because he has kept the focus on Superman. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which means that none of the ensemble is getting too much. It feels like they're getting too much focus. Uh, yeah. You know, because you compare it yeah. to modern Superman comics you've read. Oh, God, yeah. Sometimes it feels like you're reading more yes. about Jimmy Olsen or something than yeah. Superman. Um, Red, Cl- Red Cloud. Red Cloud, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I need a Legion time thing. <laughs> Give me my Legion flight ring. Uh but uh, all right, shall we move on to the next issue then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so let me just grab the synopsis, which I keep closing for some reason. Um, okay, so, so five, five, are... five paragraphs again. Okay, so 
I'll take the first two. Mm-hmm. Robert, do you want to take the third? Sure. Ray can take the last two. Excellent. All right. So, part two, Action Comics 583. By the next day, Broniac and three time-traveling members of the Legion of Supervillains, Saturn Queen, Lightning Lord, and Cosmic King, begin a siege on the fortress, with Broniac erecting a force field around to prevent other heroes, including Batman, Wonder Woman, Captain Marvel, and others, from interfering. In the ensuing battle, Jimmy and Lana find inside the fortress trophies of their own past dalliances with superpowers, and decide to use these artifacts to aid Superman in this standoff. Lana is able to subdue the Kryptonite Man, while Jimmy successfully shut down Broniac force field generator during the skirmish luther is able to wrest back enough control of his body and mind to beg lana to kill him and she complies snapping his neck the legion of supervillains is able to determine how these two ordinary humans are able to gain superpowers and using that knowledge they kill lana jimmy is murdered by brainiac who is able to temporarily maintain control of luther's corpse he then notes that his force field is still keeping the other heroes away despite the destruction of the device generating it a nuclear bomb launched by Brainiac finally breaches the walls of the fortress. The Kryptonite Man rushes in, almost insane in his desire to see Superman turn green and die at his hands. Crypto, sensing a threat to his master, attacks and kills the Kryptonite Man, but succumbs to a fatal dose of Kryptonite radiation in the process. In the end, with Brainiac finally deactivated when Luther's body goes into rigor mortis and the Legion of Supervillains having fled back to the future due to Superman's apparent murderous rage at the death of Lana, screaming, you hurt Lana? Superman realizes that now all of his old foes have yet been accounted for and that the last one, Mr. Mixoplatelic, must be the villain behind all of this, as only he could have caused such bizarre events to occur. The extra-dimensional imp then appears with a darker color scheme and a grimmer, more serious smile than usual on his face. Mixopitalik claims credit for orchestrating the attacks, saying he had grown bored with simply being mischievous and now wanted to see what it would be like to be evil instead. He then reveals his true form. Did you honestly believe that a fifth dimensional sorcery would resemble a funny little man in a derby hat? Would you like to see what I really look like? A giant purple, truly five-dimensional. As Lois puts it, I can't describe what Mixopitalik then became he had height width depth and a couple other things too vaguely humanoid shape and begins take stalking superman through the ruins of his fortress with lois's help superman suddenly realizes the significance of the trophy given to him by the legion of superheroes and threatens mitspitlek with the phantom zone projector upon seeing this mitspitlek panics and says his own name backwards which sends him back to the fifth dimension at the same time superman activates the projector sending mitspitlik into the phantom zone torn into between um, dimensions mitspitlik dies with a horrific scream since he has broken his own code never to kill superman in penance voluntarily enters a chamber containing a sample of gold kryptonite which permanently strips him of his powers and disappears into the arctic wasteland when the other heroes enter the remains of the fortress, they find only Perry and Alice White and Lois still alive. Superman's body is never found, and it is assumed by all parties that the palace hero died in the Arctic. After the interview was over and Crane leaves the Elliot residence, it is indirectly revealed that the mechanic Jordan Elliot, a reference to Superman's father Jor-El, uh, Lois's husband, is Superman. He is without powers and living as an ordinary man with Lois and their son Jonathan. 
who is likely named after Jonathan Kent. Lois's words on the Man of Steel's final fate, I never saw Superman again, is now understood to mean the man who emerged from the gold kryptonite chamber was no longer superhuman. He seems to prefer the life of a normal man, finding great pleasure in his job as a car mechanic and stating, Superman was overrated, too wrapped up in himself, thought the world couldn't get along without him. At his feet, his son Jonathan playfully squeezes a piece of coal in his hand. Opening it, he stares gleefully at a large glimmering diamond. His parents, however, do not notice this. The final image is of Jordan delivering a classic Superman wink to the reader as he and Lois continue to just live happily ever after. Right. Yeah. So, uh... Let's actually. We forgot last time. We we ended up talking about it, but at the start, let's talk about the cover for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is good. I think. Yeah, I, I'm glad they had Swan and Murphy Anderson uh, collaborate again. They feel like they they need to be on uh, the last uh, mm. Silver Age, Bronze Age Superman in some fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I I think Superman flying away, looking sad. Uh, yeah. But, uh, um, with the people waving uh, goodbye to him, some of the superheroes and I guess some of the editorial staff, yeah, um, is, is very nice. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, man, we'll it's kind of like it mirrors the um, Superboy's departure from Smallville, doesn't it? Right. Kind of yeah. saying goodbye, we'll miss you. I think they say that. I might be wrong though. Sorry, Ray. You go on while. Yeah. Oh, no, I was just about to say um, much of this cover really all lies in the expression of Superman's face in it. I mean, that that really tells everything. Um, and I think Kurt Swan does an amazing job um, getting that expression. Um, and and the, the, um, uh, the, the, the posing of the body as well as he flies away. Um, yeah, really cool. Uh, it's a classic image, I think. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Good perspective as well. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with all of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hard to think of a better uh, image for the last Superman uh, story, at least the last uh, pre-crisis Superman story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you got crypto down there, which is nice as well. Huh. Love me yeah. Some crypto. Um, so, you know, we have the framing thing. Now, Ray, uh, did you, did you call Jordan Elliott as being Clark? No, nah, not, not at all. No, nah, yeah. I, I don't just think cause I the hair, either. yeah, cause the hair and the, the white hair and, and, and like, I, I have no idea what gold kryptonite does and yeah, so yeah. I, I thought it was just going to, I thought he was just going to die basically. I thought he was just a jerk. Like why did Lois marry this jock? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it was good. It was a good. Um, did anyone, Robert? Did you pick it or? No, I didn't pick it, but yeah. uh, I, I'm not uh, t- too surprised. But, but uh, I mean, if yeah, you look at, I mean, yeah, he kind of looks like Hollis Mason, actually. <laughs> well, uh, I was about to say, if you re- if you look back on the issue and stuff, he Swan draws him very well because that is Superman's face as well. But I yeah, yes, that. yeah. It's uh, I guess. The thing that tips some people off is the name Jordan Elliot. Yeah. You know, yeah. L. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, moving on, 
we get Superman. He certainly doesn't but... have Superman's body, though. No. <laughs> There's a little bit of plot there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Enjoying the dinners a bit too well. <laughs> Lois's home-cooked meals. Oh, yeah, so George Perez isn't inking this issue. It is Kurt... Schaffenberger. Uh, Schaffenberger. Schaffenberger. Yeah. Well, I always like, I, I think he's an underrated artist, and he, he this is not prime Schaffenberger, but he always had like the smoothest lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, I think the ink job's very good here. Very good, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I like that first image alone. Yeah. It, it's, it's not a, uh, it's, it's different than Perez, but it's not jarringly different than uh, Perez with the X too. Yeah, hmm. yeah. It still feels like the same story. Yeah, uh, you know. And then, yeah, that's right. We stood on the balcony and watched as he destroyed the Golden Key. I think that's when we first realized he was preparing for a siege—the siege of the Fortress of Solitude, Superman's last stand. And we have whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Quite the intro, and he's melting his giant key. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. I love the giant key, and I love the design of the fortress. Stop bringing back the Donna Fortress <laughs> on this fortress. The is Donna it, Fortress is like bland. It's I don't know. Yeah, is this giant yeah. key? Is this a a um, variation on that really heavy key that he he has? Uh, well, the heavy key was a variation on the giant key. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But that was like a. It was cool. Um, yeah, I, I love his giant key. You know, only obviously mm-hmm. only he can lift it up. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's gone now, so you know, <laughs> everyone's tense, everyone's bickering, Brainiac's coming. Crypto Nightmare is very angry. Uh, <laughs> very angry. <laughs> glowing, glowing with hatred. Radiation. And so the, uh, these um, villains, um, so since you described the names, Robert, of the Legion of Superheroes, are these future versions of them, but as evil? No, they're they're like opposites. Although I think a lightning okay. lord is a lightning lad's a brother. Okay, because Saturn didn't you say there was a Saturn girl and this is a Saturn queen and there's a cosmic yeah. king and cosmic kid. Yeah. Okay, I, I, okay, I thought that would be they're, pretty they're, cool. They're 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 like they're they're kind of like the bizarre version of the ah, Legion okay. superhero. At least the founders of it. All right. I'm gonna say cosmic I mean, king is an awesome yeah. name. <laughs> <laughs> If I if I was a superhero, I'd be Cosmic King for sure. Yeah, you can't get, I, I like it. I, I like Saturn Queen too. I think Queen <laughs> yeah. and King and are always good villain names. You don't have <laughs> royalty. Saturn Girl. I'm Saturn Queen. I'm Saturn yeah. Queen. <laughs> they all kind of freak out at Luther being like a walking <laughs> sort of puppet. Um, can, oh yeah, oh yeah. We'll get to it. I just uh, again I love this Alan Moore stuff with with Luther and Brainiac. Um, oh look, I'll just jump to it. You know where he he gets his neck snapped, uh, neck snapped, yep. and he's still a corpse, but he's just reanimated. Oh, freaky stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Yeah, that's that's where it gets really creepy. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, really cool. It is. Um, so the siege begins, I guess. It starts. Mm. So the big force field. Yeah. Um, yeah. Looking- yeah, we think Brainiac has done that right. Lock him in. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then I mean, all of a sudden, Brainiac has done it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of the uh, the <laughs> Batman and Robin. Yeah, it's just like 
with what sticks are, or whatever. Yeah, what uh, are they doing? <laughs> uh, so, um, who's that guy on the top right? Yeah, that is Bartox, oh. uh, who is a. Uh, I guess he appeared in a uh, 1974 Superman 281. Um, yeah. He was basically uh, Sean Connery's character from Zardoz. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like... Uh, I guess he's, he's sometimes an ally, sometimes an antagonist uh, for Superman, but he basically is as older than Superman and has just as many powers as Superman, and, but uh, a little bit more melancholy uh, disposition. Hmm. That's right. There's that famous cover, yes, <laughs> uh, of Superman holding the dead Lois and Vados being like, you know, I killed your whatever. Um, yeah, and uh, kind of a definite emphasis on his crotch area in that. Uh, on oh, totally. Crotch area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put an image in the chat for Ray's reference. Um, well, just of his crotch. And, uh, no, no. The, okay. The cover. Um, <laughs> okay. It's a small image, sorry. But, uh, yeah, like, Zardoz <laughs> is an interesting film. <laughs> yeah. Do you see that, like, Captain Marvel and Superwoman, Wonder Woman, they're all bashing on it, it's doing nothing, and then you just see, like, Batman and Robin hitting it with sticks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, was that like a joke on Alan Moore's part? Like it, it definitely. That's like a very innocent Silver Agey thing. But yeah. um, you know, oh, can I, say I, I feel movie? like they should be like uh, analyzing it or or something. Yeah, like yeah. detectives like have magnifying yeah. glasses or something. Yeah, yeah. Or some sort of tech or something. Yeah, so that, that, I mean, that, they they covering. they belong here, but the, it, it's 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 kind of odd. <laughs> Yeah. Quick, Robin, meat sticks. Yeah. Um, maybe they're like bat sticks. Oh. So, yeah. But uh, I really think the panel is gorgeous of Superman and Crypto. Uh, oh, yeah. Kryptonite yep. Man. Yep. Yeah. That's just something I, that I, I think is really great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like movement. also the panel with uh, Brainiac's ship just sitting outside the fortress. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Figure out what the... Just kind yeah. of facing it, like it's you're not going anywhere. I'm, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, I guess Captain Marvel. So he was part of the DC universe at this point, then. Uh, yeah. I mean, post crisis, definitely. Uh, I mean, here pre crisis. I mean, they fought a couple times. They always kind of yeah made that a big deal when that happened and they teamed up a few times so i just thought he was always from, like another earth until yeah. paris crosses but i mean they, they, if there is a rival for uh superman uh, over the years uh i think it was captain marvel whether it was in sales in the 1940s or as uh somebody to push up against to fight as uh near equals i think captain marvel was it when he, he would appear actually that that's the other thing that that panel those that were almost his rivals is that referring to captain marvel or batman I, I think it's uh, Bartok's Captain Marvel. Okay, because um, that would make more sense. Yeah, and maybe Batman a little bit, because, I mean, well, actually, the Friends, I think, refers to Batman and Robin and yeah. uh, Wonder Woman, too. <laughs> um, yeah, because uh, Batman and Superman weren't at the angsty point. Like, they, they split yeah. up recently, but they weren't at, like, the, you know, Dark Knight Returns point. Um, no, they, Batman and Superman didn't fight Dark Knight Returns at this point. Uh, that'll be a couple months off. So, <laughs> um, 
And I like how Superman goes to Perry mm. to sort of unload. Yeah. Um, or Clark, I guess. It'd be interesting, like, who Perry sees him as, but uh, you only have two issues, I guess. You can't really deal with Perry's full reaction to the reveal, but... Um, mm. Yeah. But, but this she- um this starts to feed, I guess, another little side plot with um with Lana, like just a yeah. Second, yeah. overhearing. Um so this this conversation begins uh and at the same time Jimmy and Lana She's getting the superpowers. Mm. She gets a she gets a good deal, doesn't she? Just gets a nice little bath. That's a, yeah. the pool yeah. to immerse <laughs> what a way to get powers, eh? I think I think that's <laughs> I think uh, when Lois got superpowers, that's when Alan Schwartz, Alvin Schwartz, really cracked the shits and left Superman, because um, <laughs> he's like, "You're just breaking the rules." Uh-huh. Doesn't work. No, no, he got really angry about it. Um, which is, I, I, I use as an example of like how seriously writers took it, even in like the Silver Age. Um, uh-huh. So, but uh, yeah, it's kind of sad, like how Lana overhears him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because how was Superman to know that? Obviously, that she would hear him. No, um, no, yeah, uh, uh, but it's pretty, um, pretty much. Well, obviously, he turned off. He's concentrating on the on the conversation between him and Perry, and he turned yes. off his yes. Perry. Yeah, um, I, I think it's actually kind of quite sexy the the panels with Lana there too. Oh, uh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell it's kind of the eighties here with that those type of panels. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think they're exploitive, but I, I, I do think oh, they're not they're... exploitive. But like, she does look, you know, yes. good. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, elastic lad's sexy too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got America's ass as well. Isn't it? <laughs> uh, but I do like that. Uh... Uh, Superman finally does make it a choice uh, between Lana and Lois. Yeah, and so the eternal yeah. dilly dance. Um, I, I think that's a, a, something that needs to be in the last Superman story. Absolutely, because yeah. otherwise yeah. it would just have never had a resolution. Like the bit of, yeah. and Lana robbery was always yeah a bit of closure. Know. It was good. Yeah. And, um, and and certainly Lana's reaction when she overhears it, I think, is is very affecting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he doesn't want to hurt Lana. He accidentally hurts Lana. <laughs> yeah, in her last moments. And I kind of love that. You know, you know, we'll show him that no one loved him better than us. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's great. The- yeah, it's great because it her it makes sense. You know, whatever she what she does later on, her behavior. Um. So not only do we get the closure of this Lana and Lois thing, but it actually feeds the story and feeds her characterization for this. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brainiac, help me! Lada's <laughs> <laughs> just slapping him. Like she a... slaps him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a right does nothing to I, I, I do like that. This Lada gets probably the big superhero moment here. Both uh, taking out the Kryptonite uh, man, and uh, mm. I, I guess it's very dark when she kills Luther. <laughs> Yeah, again another. So, sorry. Oh no, go on, right? I'll just say another chilling thing where you, you know, whenever anyone asks for someone to kill them, <laughs> begs them to kill them, um, yeah, it's always quite chilling. So yeah, when when Luther kind of regains his 
control just fleetingly over Brainiac. Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit bit um, chilling to, to hear him say that, but she complies. Why not? Especially because <laughs> yeah. it's Lex. Yeah. Because he's, yeah. you know, he's all about, he wants to live, survive, and win, but he's just like, man, kill me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. Lana just does it. Now, um, obviously, uh, I don't know about... Sorry, go on. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like there's always something with the Brainiac Luther team that one of them has to betray the other <laughs> in some fashion. So I think this is kind of more working that in, but it, it oh, is yeah. very chilling. Yeah, and I, I think, I think Lana looks really good here. I think uh, Swan and Schaffenberger are really mm. in oh, fine yeah. form here. The, cause the, the lines are very smooth, and she, she looks great. And yeah, even the panel where she takes out. Uh, Lex, I think, is is very very effective and smooth, and it really looks good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I know obviously Superboy and Lex have a lot of history, or Superman, whatever, because like Le- Lex is in Smallville. Obviously, he grew up in Smallville. And yeah. continuity. I can't remember. Did he ever interact with Lana much? Like she would know who he is. Yeah. I, I I can't remember if if they had much interaction. They must yeah. have at some point, but I they must have showed up in some story. But I I don't ever think that Lex and Lana were a thing. Oh no, uh, I don't think that. Um, well, I mean, not a thing is in that, but I I don't think that their their relationship was ever given much weight. Yeah, it was always like thought, Superman yeah. and Lex, not uh, and Lana Super and, and Lex. Lana. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just, I, I was just wondering because yeah, obviously it's a good point. she's yeah. the one who kills him. Hmm. And he's saying, like, Lana, kill me. So he knows who she is. Um, but, uh, yeah, no. Uh, bang. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but then the Legion of Supervillains, they take away her powers. Ooh. And, ooh. <laughs> you know, and she knows. Yeah. It's like, let me give you a helping here. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Fraud wangs. Yeah, she, wow. <laughs> yeah, she gets fraud. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah this, is, this is the one point I, I really think that, I mean, I get it, but I, I, I feel that it's more my overstepped here uh, a bit. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I, I get why the finale of it, it adds weight yeah. to proceedings, but I, 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 I feel this is the tragedy that Lana dies. And hmm. Is it the way she, she dies that... Yeah, I think I think it, it's, it's, it's a little much for Lana. Because uh-huh. I think... I think, you know, Lana's dying definitely fits. Yes. You know, but, uh, yes. yeah, the method is like, honestly, I don't think it's that violent as in it doesn't really show anything, no. but. But it's meant to be shocking. It's, it's meant to be like, you know. Yeah. Mm, um, it's quite a grisly death. Yeah. 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 Um, and then Jimmy dies. Yeah, getting shot in the back oh. uh, by Broniac. Um,. You know, which is, yeah, everyone's dying. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's maybe, dying. Maybe it's just two deaths in one page that, that makes it a little bit much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Lana and Jimmy are big characters, obviously. And yeah. Well, just a mythos. page before, Lex Luthor died as well, so yeah. big well, players. Well, it's also kind of, yeah. Well, the, the other thing is, like, they've run off on their own to try and prove yeah. their yeah. worth to Superman. Yeah. Um, or just to try and feel useful, which they are useful. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Jimmy does does really well. But like, then they get killed, which adds to the tragedy, I guess. Um, but it yeah, the decks, but I, I I I don't know how I feel about 
how I don't know either. Just like, this is another hand. I, I think it is really well written and effective. It's just kind of like in my ideal Superman ending, it's like Lana and Jimmy Liv. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, at this point, they, they've killed off a, a, quite a bit of the Superman supporting uh, cast, and maybe there's just a little too much death in this one. But, mm-hmm. Or maybe if one had, one had lived and one had died, that would have been better. Honestly, <laughs> I thought... I thought Pete Ross went further than this. Okay. Yeah, uh, but because of it being tortured Pete, and Pete's only a, yeah, and Pete's, he's, a, Pete's his minor character though uh, compared yeah. to these two. And if I guess compared to these two, but like he's still yeah, um, yeah. was very like abrupt and as you know, sort of goofy as well. Yeah, I I don't know how to feel about this either. I don't think I'm as down on it as you, but. I definitely get where you're coming from. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, the bodies are starting to pile up on the, at this rate here. The bodies! The bodies! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they are. And they will continue to pile up. Um, yes. So we have a walking corpse, Lex. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which, which just when you thought, didn't think it could get worse, it gets worse. <laughs> yeah, which is like creepy, it. and I love it, but it's, it's very creepy and effective. Um, yeah. And, and of course, they do like it. This is why I think uh, more wraps up the or wraps up the mystery here that the force field is still standing. Yeah. Uh, at, at this point, it, it really does say, well, what, something else is going on here than what it yes. looks like. And, and yeah. it makes it makes Jimmy's death kind of meaningless as well. I wouldn't say meaningless, but well, um, he he managed to turn off the generator or whatever, but it really didn't do anything. Oh yeah, it didn't do anything. Yeah. But... It, it does. It does add further information, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. Re- it, it does indicate that some, something yes. more going on. Something behind all of this. Yeah. And now we got uh, Martian Manhunter, Hawkman, and Green Arrow. There. Um, A very Silver Age looking Martian Manhunter too, without yes. the big bra. <laughs> so you know, what does he nuke? Uh, the fortress. <laughs> does something. Yeah, yeah, I think he does. His dead eyes, Luther's dead eyes, just agog yeah, yeah. as uh, as kaboom. Yeah, as, but it, it it says it um it didn't bring back it bring didn't bring down the whole fortress. Uh, so although it's right. a huge explosion, it only managed to kind of take out a side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Sensei's collapsing. Um, yep, and. Uh, Perry saves his wife. Uh, we do get well, some nice closure for these two, at least. Yeah. You know, um, mm. they don't die horribly. But, yeah, there we have Kryptonite now. He's just needs to chill out. I know. Uh, <laughs> oh, mad. Yeah. And this is, yeah. like, so we get Crypto coming in. To protect mm-hmm. Superman, obviously, and he gives his life to yeah. kill Kryptonite Man so that he can't. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, for me, uh, was the saddest death. Yeah, that like, is quite sad. Yeah, any any animal dying is pretty. Yeah, pretty well, especially like it's crypto, yeah. you know, yeah. like it's, and it, it's not just it's not just the dog they introduced like two hours ago, you know. This yeah. is um, yeah. 
Yeah, it's a legacy character. But it's a very fitting thing for Crypto because you know he's he's defending his life. He oh, gives his life to protect super him. Super heroic. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and uh, again, kind of unusual because he's he violent. He basically what rips out the Kryptonite man's throat. Yeah. If you've <laughs> if you've lost a pet recently, don't read this story. Just oh, wait yeah. until because I did, and it was just like. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think last time I read this, I just lost the dog, and then I read this, and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we're coming back. Uh, hey, Laurie Lamara statue. That's cool. I just noticed that. Titan Tano. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Bird. Oh, no. Flamebird. Wow. <laughs> but uh, then we have the Legion of Supervillains, and uh, who mm-hmm. reveal to him that they killed Lana. Yeah. And he's not impressed. Jeez, they're cowards, aren't they, as well? God, oh, he, burnt, he yeah. burnt me. Oh, let's get out of here. <laughs> it's like... That's not be easy. easy. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I love, you know, his mind, he isn't bluffing, he's prepared to kill. Yeah. And it's like, wow, that, that shows out, because that's someone else, like, telling you, like, she can read his mind, so... Uh, you're like, wow, Superman's at that point. He's snapped and he's like ready to kill people. <laughs> <laughs> I can't blame him. No. Like these cowards essentially just killed Lana pretty brutally. So, and yeah. Superman did just give a big speech about how important she is to his life and like he'll never, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they got out of there real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, then he goes to face Brainiac. Yeah. Who fails. Yeah. I love this where Luther's like leaning forward, just about to, to fall. Uh, yeah. he's, he's obviously he's staggering around. He looks like a zombie. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, so what happened? Brainiac, like, because when Luther picked him up, though, he was still, he was still alive and functioning. How come he just dies now? I think he went dormant. And like conserved his power or something. Okay, right. Um, yeah. I'm assuming he'd used all his juice to be controlling Luther's corpse. Mm, okay. And set up this whole plan and stuff. So, yeah, kind of the last gas plan. I, I yeah, think right. This part two. Right. Uh, I kind of, I kind of think there is some of a missed opportunity here that the Superman and Luther don't have a final conversation, but uh, I, mm. I that at least Superman faces off with Brainiac at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Again, they don't really have a conversation, but at least he's there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. In body. Um, yeah. <laughs> not in spirit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, Superman's clear on. He's like, hey, you know, this feels weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 30th century, thought I was finished. You know, why is there still a force field up? Uh, and all that. All, all the stuff starts coming together. Mm-hmm. And he's thinking for four or five minutes, apparently. Mm-hmm. And then we get the big reveal. Mr. Mick Spitlick. Yeah. One of the most, if not the most underrated Superman villain, in my opinion. Uh, I guess he's unknown because he obviously wouldn't translate well to live action. No. Uh, but it, I, I think he, he's kind of the perfect foil for Superman, though, in, in oh, many definitely. ways. Yeah. He's somebody he, that Superman has to outsmart, can't punch out. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Which, which I, I always think it you have to make Superman has to work for his victories over uh Dalek in some way. And they're always really entertaining, the way he like outsmarts him and stuff. <laughs> you know, like making him type his name backwards and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but more went crazy with Mitt Spitlick here. I love what he did with him, actually. Um you know, I just think it was so good. Uh, yeah. Swan too, I think. Oh uh, yeah, no, yeah. definitely. Um it's, it's recognizably him, but it's, it's also very different, too. Yeah, very sinister. Mm. And I love this whole idea of him just completely changing personalities every yeah. few thousand years because he just gets bored. Yeah, um, yeah he's got to got to mix it up. He's got to change it up. Um, it's this kind of chilling logic. <laughs> that he yeah, sort of yeah. bounce. He's like, you know, I'm just going to be evil now, and then maybe I'll be guilty for the next two thousand years. And so, yeah. like, all right, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh... um, but no, looking very good. What do you think of the um the, his real form? It was very interestingly mm. interpreted. I guess it's hard to do a five dimensional character. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Uh, Alan Moore's a big fan of like Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. And I think through his descriptions, he was going for this sort of incomprehensible yeah. horror, yeah. yeah. Uh, which I I don't think Kurt Swan quite pulls no, off. No, no, because so. you get the description and you're like, I can't yeah. describe what he became. It had height, length, breadth, and a couple of other things. Yeah, and f- looking at it made my head hurt. And that's just like a very description <laughs> yeah. of like something that the human mind can't really comprehend. And then you and I love this... Kurt Swan, but like you, and it's good, but it's not quite what. I no. think more is going for ultimately, no. or yeah. it doesn't quite uh-huh. reach the heights. Yeah, I would no, I, 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 I agree. I, I think there's a little bit of the uh, creature from the id from Forbidden Planet in there too, yeah. with the crackling energy around it. But I, it, it kind of just looks like a this large humanoid with crackling energy around yeah, it. it yeah, it should be less humanoid, to be honest. Like he's on the right track, I think, with yeah. like the colors and the crackling energy. But yeah, ultimately, it's. Kind of like a Star Trek: The Original Series, <laughs> you know. So a quibble. Uh, it, it's it's more of a sense of like I feel like a missed opportunity. I would have really liked to have seen this sort of massive whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, because I think that's a very fitting final villain for Superman yeah. as well. This kind of Stop. incomprehensible being. Yeah. Stop irrational. <laughs> Yeah, um, but you know, Kurt's like done so good in every other area. I feel bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a small thing. I mean, it's it's such a hard it's a hard thing to do, isn't it? I mean, the way Moore describes it. So, some artists of... have pulled stuff like that off, though. Yeah, you know, like I've yeah. seen stuff like that pulled off. Um, not often. Yeah, uh, I think Mignola he does stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, stuff like that's all over Hellboy, like these just weird horrors from other dimensions. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think more kind of did, did tailor that to Kurt Swan's strengths either. I think he, he uh, tailored a lot of the script to it, but this one is probably not in uh, Swan's wheelhouse. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure how familiar Swan is with, like, Lovecrafts and stuff. Um, you know, I don't like, know how Schwartz is. Um, Schwartz probably loved it because yeah, okay. he was he he actually was before he was an editor, he was a literary agent. He actually sold a couple of uh, Lovecraft stories to the really, 
uh, huh. at the Mountains of Madness in the the Shadow of the Time were uh, stories that Julius Schwartz uh, sold for Lovecraft. So, so he think, knew Lovecraft. I think Which, Superman and Lovecraft is a really good uh, uh, potential crossover yeah. because they're such opposites of each other. One represents the ultimate mm-hmm. insignificance of humanity yeah. and pretty much yeah. no hope at all, and the other <laughs> one is opposite. You know. Yeah. Um, so I, I I wonder if Schwartz had some uh, input on this too mm. on the ultimate uh, look because I know uh, Arkham Asylum emerged in Batman under Schwartz's editorial ship. Ah, um, uh, yeah. And uh, I guess the Outsider, which is a reference to a Lovecraft story, yeah, also was yeah. about Schwartz's uh, editorial ship. So she, I think my favorite one, uh, the Outsider, is the Ghoul. Right? Uh, do really like that one. Um, but uh, so, I, I love. Sorry, go on. No, I, I, oh. I think, I think, I think it definitely is going for a Lovecraft thing. It's yeah. something very rational versus something very irrational. Yeah, it, it, yeah. The setup. yeah. So I, I think that's a good idea. I, it's not quite pulled off here, but I, I think it's, it's still good. I, I like McPillock as, as the villain too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I, I like Lois actually playing a role in, the, in figuring out what the clue of the statue yeah. too. Yeah, that was good. It gives Lois something to do other yeah, than being exactly. the damsel of destruction. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a very cool angle to do with Mick Spitlick. Yeah. Um, very unexpected. Yeah, having him as this sort of, like, just... Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know. It, I can't describe it, which is probably exactly what I want to describe. So, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I love the way Superman defeats him, though. And we do get a Zod cameo, which is nice. Hey, yeah. Uh, Screaming in the Phantom Zone. <laughs> I, I give credit for more. He 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 must have a checklist and he worked everything in without yeah. feeling crapped in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I do like the way Superman stops him. I think it's clever. You know, he pulls him yeah. into the Phantom Zone, the same another dimension, the same time that he's trying to go back to the fifth dimension. Uh, and kind of gets ripped in half. Yeah. yeah. So he wanted to go back to the fifth dimension to escape getting into the phantom zone, but he, yeah. in essence, tore himself in half. Um, yeah. I don't know. Exactly I exactly wanted to happen. Yeah, but, ha- yeah, I don't know. I, I found it a little, um, I just found it, I don't know, how it defeated him like that. It seemed, um, well, how did Superman know that he would want to jump to the fifth dimension rather than go into the phantom zone? And how did well, he, he know have... that he would that he would split him in half? That like, by doing so, that he'd get him at that point that he'd halfway go in the Phantom Zone and half. Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't quite buy the the way it was done. Uh, well, Clay, <laughs> like, he knew it. He, he's yeah. I mean, he's very smart, so yeah. he knows his villains like currently. But yeah, <laughs> there's the there's the classic. Ray has an opinion that I just. Never predict. <laughs> <One thousand, laughs> I, think, that I just don't really know how to respond to. Um, yeah, no, Superman, I, I think is uh, is the answer to that. Though he knows well, these things. Yeah. Okay. He know. Yeah. He knows these things. Yeah. It's, just, it's so weird because I it clicked so well for me. Okay. And it doesn't click for you. So I'm just. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying like. Well, I mean, I don't know. Care. Yeah, I don't know much about Mit, Mit Spicklick, so I don't know how yeah. he functions and stuff. Um, does he well, always I just. just does he always return to the fifth dimension when he's in yes. trouble? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I always so, like 
I feel like Superman predicting that he would try to return to the fifth dimension is spot on. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. cause Miss, for whatever reason, maybe it was in another story or something, but he knows Miss, uh, Mr. McSpitlick wouldn't want to go to the phantom zone. Okay. And so he's really scared uh, of the phantom. Zone. As for tearing him in, as for tearing him in half in my head, I just, I'm like, Oh, he's being pulled into two different dimensions at once. Yeah. That's not like physically, that's just that your fiber of being is being pulled into two dimensions at once, so he yeah. splits in half. But um, yeah, that's okay. just the way I reasoned it. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I actually think that's that quite clever because I don't know how else you're going to defeat Mix of Fiddle. Yeah, I don't know how else you could beat him. Um, and and he, he didn't go out of his way and create something new for this. He kind of used some existing lore to do it, too. Mm-hmm. So I, I think yeah. that's that's very clever on Moore's part. I, I think I really it, like. Uh, uh, sorry. Sorry, go on. I was just say, I think another decision here that Moore's made is that um, he has made Superman want to kill Mitspick Lick as well. Because you can argue the fact then, why didn't he, if he knew that he, at the side of the Phantom Zone thing, that Mitspick Lick will go back to his fifth dimension, why didn't he just show him that and then have him just run away? But he actually wanted him to die. Oh, yeah. So I guess that's um, another reason like, that explains why he didn't just let him run away, you know, you know, because that would be easy enough, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because well, like, obviously he... Superman, like, Nick Spitlick is bad enough as a nuisance. If this yeah. guy was going around being malevolent and evil, he yeah. could, like, destroy reality. I don't know. So he's like, look, yeah. I've got to kill this guy. Well, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and this is the big thing that pulls him forward to, to go into the chamber and stuff because yeah. he's... uh cross the line well i remember when he killed that robot child that he considered to <laughs> that's right be a existing being and then he's like <laughs> and he just right, walked well, that happened yeah and he walked out going oh, i feel a bit wrong but uh anyway <laughs> yeah, that was a thing that happened <laughs> yeah i still can't get over that i was just... I, it's it's callous it was so it's bizarre t- like it's terrible yeah gotta get danny o'neill on here and go right yeah. um, but <laughs> Yeah, I I thought this was clever. So the the whole thing is um yeah. So Superman decides to take his powers mm. away because like obviously mm. he feels you know now that he's crossed that line, I guess he can't trust himself. Yeah. Or what do you guys read? Uh, well, I think he, I think he had a line, and he feels if he crosses, he must pay a price. Yeah, that's that's, how that's it. his price. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, because again, I didn't know what the gold Kryptonite did. I thought killing himself was was a bit too harsh, but um, mm-hmm. but in in the you know in the end, that's not what he did. He yeah, did something else. So, yeah, I do like Superman disappearing into a golden glow too. Yeah, it's a nice. I, yeah. I think that's it's a nice mm-hmm. um, image. Yeah, because uh, the, the the this kind of thing, it always it doesn't as much now. But since like Superman is killed before this point, but now all of a sudden, you know, he's like, I'm gonna delete myself. Um, mm. But I guess the the flip side is as Ray pointed out before. He could have not killed this yeah. mixed fit leak, but he made a conscious decision to kill him, even yeah. though there was like a way to not kill him because he just thought, I can't let this thing run around the universe. Mm-hmm. It's not like, uh, you know, Zod in Man of Steel or um, the, the story with the 
the AI child or whatever, there was no other solution to those mm. problems. Whereas I guess this is a distinction where Superman made, you know, like, uh, what does he say? Like, I intended to kill him, you mm. know? I, I don't know. Uh, it just seems a bit mm-hmm. different. Here is how I'm rationalizing it. Uh, I guess it, it shows how the weight of Mitzpiklik, because mm-hmm. you you then argue the fact that why wouldn't Superman be driven to want to kill Brainiac as well? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. not not only in this yeah, adventure, but in, in yeah, in past adventures, like why is Mitzpiklik? Of course, he's gonna he's he's decided to be evil, but hey, you know that's Superman's bread and butter. <laughs> fighting evil. Um, so why did he choose to kill him this this particular time? Well, like, it's as much power. Probably the scale. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah like if yeah. Spitlick can alter reality yeah. and he just does that for mischief, he does it for evil, he can just erase like yeah. planets, yeah. countries, bloodlines, yeah. timelines, you know, it would just be, again, I feel like reality could possibly become unhinged. Uh, if you want to see... Uh, yeah. Is yeah. there a, is Andrew, there a... kind of immortal too, so <laughs> like he can do a lot of damage over the next couple thousand years. Yeah, yeah. Is has he got a counter? Let's speak. Look, is he, is there an entity that is a, the yin to his yang? Or... Um, that kind of is yeah. in Morrison's action comics. Okay, I don't think you've finished that run, Robert. But it's a great run, and it's yeah. very mixed Spitlick or yeah. in there. Um, because it, it's like the latter half sort of goes yeah. that direction. Um, I guess there is uh, other fifth dimensional beings, but yeah. I don't know if there's like... I a, mean, Batman like, is one of them too, I believe. Oh, Batmite. Yeah, I forgot about Batmite. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Batmite. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, 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 I think it's, it's kind of like, I think the, the solution uh, that Moore has is makes sense. I don't know if I, I should, they should, the last Superman story should end with Superman killing uh, the villain. Um, mm. I mean, I, I think everything flows from that. Yeah, he, after doing that, he's going to uh, uh, decide that he's not worthy of having these powers anymore and going to strip himself of it. But uh, more made a conscious choice to end with Superman killing. So, well, the <laughs> reason one of his was- Funnily yeah. enough, the reason it always bugged me in the past is like, for me, killing him was like a no-brainer because <laughs> it's like this isn't <laughs> yeah. this isn't like a person or something. This is like a malevolent god, you know, mm-hmm. that would just do so much untold yeah. damage and destruction. It's like it, for me, it's a no-brainer, mm. and yeah. I was always bugged by the fact that Superman was upset by that, uh, you know. Yeah, well, that that's kind of Superman though. He, it is. You're right. With that, it doesn't matter Man. how vile. Yeah, he's still he's such an arsehole. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but I guess, yeah, I, I, you're right. Though that is Superman. I am not Superman, so um, yeah. you know, I'm not the Punisher either. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think the Punisher would have much moral qualm about what happened. No, no. <laughs> I don't think we'd be discussing well, it that why much. Why don't you do this? Why go? Bullets will stop it. Um, so, yeah, okay. And uh, we have the sort of aftermath here. Mm-hmm. People coming in. Uh, Zardoz or well, Vartok seems very upset about Lana. Yeah, so. they they apparently had a thing. Right, uh, right. creepy. 
Lada apparently likes the super-powered folks. <laughs> well, why not, right? Um, yeah. You know, may as well aim high. Uh, but uh, the really the great line from Batman, I guess, is like like walking amongst fragments of a legend. Mm. Uh, yeah. So true. You know, you have like Lex, Jimmy, like, all these like aspects of the Superman mythos. Uh, yeah. You know. All the icon- iconography. Yeah. 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 Um just sort of strewn about after this huge battle. Uh and oh Perry and Alice survive, which is nice as well. So they get like a happy ending, I'm mm-hmm. assuming. Um and uh then we go back to the present. Back to yep, to the beginning. Um, With a shining can... reference. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Johnny. Yeah. Um, a lot more uh, keeping up his uh, informal kind of appearance, Jordan Elliott. Uh, yeah, you know. and I uh, feel like as soon as yeah. you see the kick name, you know it's uh, yeah, super. yeah. Well, yes. I think yes. especially at that final panel where you see the spit curl. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's when, that's when it, uh, the game is really revealed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was actually still thinking like, um, had Lois had a, had a child with Superman and. You know he's gone, so this is his legacy, like Jonathan Kent, like Jonathan, the little baby. But it's still, I still didn't think that Elliot was right. Superman. Yeah, I just thought it was like, oh, okay, he he kind of lives on through his his uh, lineage. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that the the line's nice after that. We just live happily ever after, and you know, yeah. Then we get a wink yeah. at the thing. All right, slam my gavel. Now we can finally get to the elephant in the room. Like, this ending, the wink at the camera, happily ever after. Man, was that inconsistent with, like, the rest of the tone <laughs> of the story. Um, yeah, yes. Wasn't it? Yeah. It was like a whimsical Silver Age ending after all this, like, horrible shit just happened. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I feel like but, if they went but, for a more... Yeah, Sorry, but Sup- Superman gets what he wants though he gets an ordinary life and, and so there is a lot of there, there's it is quite a happy ending for, for him mm-hmm. um you, you know he um but he's living got incinerated like yeah but paid. but that's been wrapped up because he loves lois more so so, <laughs> oh, so wow. he doesn't that's so you know uh, i'm sure he would have been sad by that but you know if you look at it as pieces in a, in a whole puzzle, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, Lana died, Jimmy died, Pete Ross died, and stuff. But um, you know, he lives on. He's he's living with the the woman he loves, and you know, he, he's got anonymity now. So they're, yeah. they're just so chipper about it. Yeah, yeah. like well, it's been ten years. I don't expect him to vote forever. Yeah, well, yeah I mean, true. Still, does, ten yeah. years. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's just. For me, the sort of wink at the camera, very Silver Age ending, was a bit jarring for me. I feel it was like a little weird. Just, yeah. If they kept yeah. the... Con- I'm not saying it had to end on a downer. I'm absolutely not saying that. Yeah. Um, but I would think know, that would be the wrong way for the last Red Story to end would be on a downer. But oh, yeah. <laughs> for me, this, this whole story felt very Bronze Age with like some nice Silver Age mannerisms and nods in mm-hmm. it. So I feel like in an ending more appropriate... For for the era would have been nice because the rest of the issue kind of felt like it fit in there in terms of tone. Mm. Um, you know, like if I compare this to like 
for the man who has everything. Yeah. I felt like that had a much more consistent tone. And that was that was obviously heavily rooted in the Bronze Age, but like Yeah. yeah. Um whereas this just feels a bit all over the place. Oh, it's a, not well, till just, just the very the, end. Just at the end. Just yeah. at the end, I should yeah. say. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm glad that Lois and Clark get to live happily ever after. I'm glad that Superman oh, yeah. lives. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I think ending with his, like, a tragic death would be the wrong way to end a Superman oh, story. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, they shouldn't uh, have done that. But, no, um, so I, I think they get that right. But I, I agree that it's, it's very, very dark. And then they have these this happy ending kind of feels a little tacked on. Like, what uh, if they were just, it ended with them sort of staring off into the sunset or something. Oh, just something, <laughs> just an image. But I know that's, like, really cliche, but, like, more just ending on an image or, you know, just without this winking at the camera. And I mm, get well, where I, the I, I get the wink. Like, I get I mean, it, I, but... but... <laughs> Yeah, my story is about a man red and blue. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't know. know. It, it's it's a tough thing to come up with with an effective ending, and I I kind of think that more kind of playing to his strengths and horror too, uh, and much of this one, and he certainly hits it on it. But uh, I I think more knows what the ending should be, but maybe he doesn't quite. Uh, lead into it effectively enough or maybe overdoes it on the death of destruction so it feels a little tacked on i mean if yeah. if lana and jimmy had lived i i don't think i would have had much of an issue with the uh the waking there but the, all mm, the destruction yeah. beforehand is kind of yeah um uh, yeah. i think yeah it's 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 funny because like i take the death and destruction on its own it's fine mm-hmm. i take yeah. the wink on its own it's fine when you put them together yeah. It's like a it's 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 like a cottage pie. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean like I guess he go he goes through a life changing ordeal. Um and I guess on the other side of it, it's just like you come out as a, a different you know, a better person. Uh, I mean, as Robert said, it's ten years, you can't dwell too much on it and there he's living the happiest life he can now, um, with Lois. Yeah. And I like um, the I like the idea that the world's fine without Superman as mm. well. Like he, his career, he like he did make a difference. Um, yeah. And like because, and it, it comes back to my point at the start where I was like, I'm glad this is the fictional future of Superman, where mm-hmm. Superman is not needed, as opposed to the real world future where Superman would obviously still be needed. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a very important thing because otherwise it would just seem kind of selfish. Yeah. But it's not because you know. The world's getting on fine. There's other yes. superheroes. Yeah, uh, that's an important thing. Like, like that he's and not all Superman's defeated. villains are defeated now. Yeah, as yeah. well. So none. Of, it's not like uh, Smallville. What they did in Crisis, where you still have Lex as president. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Tom Welling just decided to get rid of his powers because he's a selfish asshole. Um, <laughs> so yes, that's how I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. One you know, one of the things I. I, I notice here is that when uh, uh, Superman's talking about working on uh, uh, cars Dabs. and that old oh. cars, it, it kind of reminds me that he, he the Dr. Manhattan and the uh, Hollis Mason Night Owl kind of dichotomy. He, uh, he yeah. starts as Dr. Manhattan and ends up as Hollis Mason. Huh. <laughs> um, 
which is probably something he had in his mind. The, those two characters, little maybe the the story evolved of Watchmen from maybe this beginning to to where it actually ended up. But yeah. um, but it's certainly the, the ideas that were in uh, Moore's mind. I mean, and Miracle Man too. What the what powers does to a person and uh, Superman seems very happy and normal here. And it kind so. of fits with certain features we've seen in pre-crisis where there's mm-hmm. been other Superman after Superman. Yeah. Because his son now has superpowers. So obviously, like, the lineage could continue mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. There'll be a Superman of the future. <laughs> yeah. And we can get yeah. Superman 6 or whatever who is vulnerable to water and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not Bruce Willis. <laughs> Seawater. Uh, yeah. So, like, I mean, look, I like this story. Hmm. It's just, I have some, I think I have, like, a bit too many quibbles with it to, like, really rank it as, uh, I mean, it is great, but, like, just to rank it on the levels of, you know, the, the, the top guns, like, All-Star and hmm. for the band who has everything, stuff like that, it doesn't reach those levels for me, despite loving some of the content, despite it being genuinely emotionally poignant, uh... I just have a bit too many quibbles with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cool. I, and I have I have quibbles too, but I think there are quibbles, and I think more kind of powers through just on yeah. the force of his yeah. craft. And I I think Kurt Swan is, is really at the top of his game here too. Oh, absolutely! Uh, I loved the uh, art yeah. was uh, absolute highlight. I loved both issues. Um, yeah. I mean, the art is just fantastic. Yeah, no, sorry, Robert, I, I cut you off. No, but uh, I mean, I think I think we're on the same page here, and I I like that they work so many of the the points into that. It's just kind of like it's it's so dark at times. I I feel like it's Superman kind of forced into a scenario that uh, is not really representative of Superman and everything. Mm. But I mean, at the same point, they all check off all the boxes on the iconography. I I don't yeah. I can't think of anything that I feel is yeah. really missing. Here, yeah. which is an impressive feat in two normal-sized issues of Superman in action. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and just that thing as well, uh, Robert and Connor, they're just two issues. This is a two-issue story, mm. and it just it, it reads like a six-parter, you know what I mean to me? Like, you know, modern-day yeah. comics where, you know, this would be a 12-parter or something. Um, yeah. it's, just, it's just two issues, and it's just it's economical. It, it packs in so much. Uh, the pacing is really good, and the art is just... Really unbelievable. I yeah. really do love the art. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, so I found yeah. Yeah, strong issues, uh, strong yeah. arc. Sorry. Yeah. It, yeah. I would I would like Lois to have a little bigger part. I know she frames the story, hmm. but she doesn't do a whole lot in these uh, two issues either until like yeah. the very end. Honestly, I, I, yep, sorry. I'm like sick of Lois having big parts. It's <laughs> <laughs> like fine yeah. with me. Yeah. Um, okay. And, and I mean, given the there. context of the time yeah. where Lois yeah. wasn't as prevalent in this era, then it would, yeah, I guess now Lois is kind of oversaturated, mm. but, um, you know, when this story was written, she definitely wasn't. So I can definitely see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I can understand, like, Robert, you mentioned before stuff like um, there may be a little quibble for yourself was, was Lex and, and there not being a, a, an enough payoff. For him and and Superman in the story, and and I can see, yeah, there might there are some little bits that could have been done, yeah, better. Um, I didn't pick but, them up. But maybe I said the context of what I 
Yeah, but maybe that's in the context of what I think the last Superman story should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and rather than what uh, Moore actually delivers, and I think Moore is delivers a very strong and memorable story. Yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of funny. I kind of feel like since Superman, I mean, okay, let's just not to just so I don't anger anyone. I'm going from my subjective views here. Since Superman is the greatest hero. And the greatest superhero for me, it feels like, and the largest for me, it feels appropriate that he has a lot of kind of death and chaos mm. in his yeah. last story. Yeah. Um, you know, not saying that his last story should be super depressing or anything, but I'm saying it, for me, it feels appropriate. Yeah. Uh, so it's got to be big, is it? I mean, such a big yeah, character. Exactly. It's it's the stakes have to be high. They have to be big things. Yes. Happening. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what I was going for. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah put it into words that I was fumbling around. <laughs> um, and, you know, it does do big stakes. People die, there's yeah. tragedy and stuff. Um, all, all the villains are teaming up. Yeah. Uh, you know. Lots of cameos. We, we get to execution and, like, you know, I guess uh, that's up to the debate with <laughs> some of the deaths. But, um, yeah, I it's, it's, it's just, it's an interesting story because it's so conflicting for me. It's like, I love it and quibble on it at the same time. I'm not going to say I love it and hate it because I don't, I don't hate anything about this story. Um, yeah. But like, I, can, I guess I compare this to Moore's other Superman stories and they're pretty much perfect for mm. me. Mm-hmm. Whereas this isn't. It has a lot yeah. to measure up to. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think he set himself a really high challenge because I mean, right oh, the absolutely. Superman story is like the ultimate Supergirl uh, challenge. Yeah, and I uh, in two issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wrap up 50 years of history. Um, and I respect him so much for saying, like, give me this job. Yeah. And for putting in so much work. And it's it's well-crafted. Like, you cannot argue that it's yeah. not well done. Like, he's a pro. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and I find um, it... Look, I'm going to let... Yeah. Yep. Sorry, go on. You go. No, 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 you go. Oh, no, I was just about to say as well, I mean, I know you both are big fans of Alan Moore, um, and I just, one of the reasons I love it as well is that it, it, he doesn't um, he doesn't uh, impose too much of, of his Moorisms, I think, in it, mm-hmm. which is good. He just mm-hmm. tells a good story. He uses his talent to tell a story, you know, the way it needs to be told rather than um, because you have big name writers and they're great, you know, but sometimes you can tell the signature, like you can tell their style and, and it becomes, it's like, well, this is, is it appropriate for this story? But more is able to actually just tell a story um, and, and put his stamp aside. Um, Yeah. And I find that very admirable. Yeah. None of this. He doesn't pull some of the formalism. On the story, he just yeah. kind of tells the story and yeah. lets his prose work. I mean, this is more narration heavy than I think most of the best stories, but I, I think it fits and he mm. uses it well. Yeah, here I get the impression that he's telling this story out of like love for the character. He's not telling it out of egoism or self promotion yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is obviously like a passion sort of thing. Um. You know, instead of, hey, look, it's my last Superman story. No, to yeah. him, this is like, he wanted to do justice to it, which is why I got yeah. angry and started writing Superman fan fiction in Supreme later on. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. So, you know. Um, yeah, look, I'll let you guys wrap up with any finishing thoughts and then we can get to the ratings. Mm-hmm. I wish Alan Moore had written more Superman. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll counter that as well, and I wish Kurt Swan draws even more than he actually ever drew because uh this is very beautiful even art. more agreed um. yeah this this is really nice yeah. to, to look at yeah yeah i i got 1986 was a heck of a year for dc comics mm. yeah 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 all right yeah. well um i guess we can get some ratings uh, let's rate this um, why don't we rate this Men of Tomorrow out of 10, shall we? <laughs> uh, so, let's see. Because there's too many things in it that we could name it after, like Dead Lexes. What are, or, yeah. Waters, we can just uh, rate, rate it in corpses. Radio I mean, there are enough, enough dead bodies there, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? Let's give it corpses out of 10. That's perfect <laughs> rating for the final... <laughs> um, rate it out of whatever you guys want. Uh, yeah. geez. Robert, you're our guest. You can go first. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> I mean, I think people know where we, we, we stand on it after all yeah. this talk. Um, it, it's, it's not Moore's best Superman story, but it's a heck of a Superman story. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think his best is uh, uh, for the man who has everything. Um, yeah. I'd he certainly gets points for ambition here, and mm. uh, but we we have the quibbles here, so uh, eight point eight. Right, oh, nice. And, uh, point eight. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um. All right. Uh. Oh, do you want to yeah, go next? Go. I'm, I'll I'm go. in no hurry. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, look, no. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was. Uh. I thought it was really an enjoyable two issue. Stand again, as I mentioned, the art's great. I thought the storytelling was cool. Um, uh, you know, there's there's a lot in there as well. I may not have picked up all the references to some of the stuff, but um, but they don't they don't leave you kind of hanging. You kind of get the gist of what most of it is. Um, you know, stuff like Kryptonite Man, all these other characters, the Legion of Superheroes, and uh, the supervillains. You, you know, go with the flow. I, I like the. Um, the heaviness of it, actually, I thought that was good. Uh, and yeah, I'd give it a, I'd give it a good solid eight corpses, actually. I, I really did enjoy it. Um, just the pacing. <laughs> it kept everything going along really well. So, uh, I was not bored. Uh, if, if, if I'm completely honest, a little, little bit bored at Perry and Alice, <laughs> their, their plight, but I'm glad that. That didn't last too, too long. I wasn't really interested in invested in their relationship. Um, everything else was pretty cool. <laughs> Are you telling me you weren't entranced by the divorce? <laughs> Not really. In this, uh, <laughs> story about Superman's no. last stand. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, um, Al- if Alice had thrown right, well, Pe- Perry through the wall, then maybe. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, okay, um, well, I am going to give it, uh, I'm actually going to have the lowest rating out of all three of us, Ooh. which surprises me, but uh, I'm going to give it a 7.5. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This is just from my objective standpoint. 
uh, subjectively, I, I, I do really like this story, and I found a lot of moments, you know, very emotional, um, especially reading kind of through a lot of this history, and, you know, it's full of so many good moments, uh, but, like, putting the whole picture together uh, with, like, the sort of framing device and the ending and stuff, you know, I just I can't really give it an eight, uh, even though there's, like, parts of it that are, like, ten. Um, mm-hmm. which is overall like 7.5 so 7's like still really good 7.5 yeah. oh, is really yeah. good Very uh, yeah. you know and I absolutely recommend reading this for anyone who's like a fan of Pre-Crisis Superman mm-hmm. uh, you know I'm reading this without having any knowledge of Pre-Crisis or like coming from modern Superman I think I don't know how it would do because it's such a different version of the character uh, but um yeah, but that, that's my rating. I still recommend the story. I still recommend reading it. Um, you know, I think I think it's I think it's a good enough send off to Free Crisis that I still consider it yeah. my headcanon ending oh, yeah. for that character. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I have to say, reading it what thirty thirty um what thirty five years later almost or thirty four yeah. years later, it's it's still. I still got swept up in it. I, I yeah, nice. The nostalgia, mm-hmm. uh, which I think speaks well for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we also have a feedback. Cool. So uh, we just have one piece of feedback from uh, James. Uh, James Cole, Superman read from the Krypton Report. Yeah. Who was on here for Red Sun, a couple of other episodes. Um, so he writes, this is the first time I read this story, and I must say that it is decent. For the time, it is not as difficult to read as other books from its time. I enjoyed seeing so many of Superman's villains in two issues. One of my favorite storylines from Justice League animated series is when Luther and Brainiac are one, so it was cool to see the two intellects together. Glad to see a precedent for that story. In the end, I can understand the choice Superman would make to get rid of his powers after all the death around him and taking Nick Spitlick's life. Majority of his enemies are dead, and he's presumed dead. The only hints that it is him with Lois is how he likes the normal things, as she says. The wink he gives in the final panel, and that Jonathan looks exactly like him as a baby. Not a fantastic story, but definitely not bad. I'd recommend you read if you haven't. Um, yeah. yeah, cool. Cool. Thanks, James. I do like that... Uh, yeah, thanks, James. I do like with uh, Jonathan that they're bringing new life into the world after all the death. Yeah. 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 That is... Yeah. Um, so I, I just say that's, it, that's very fitting too. But. Yeah, it just shows resilience, I guess. You know, after after going into your mm. your depths, the lowest of the low, they come out of it, and and life goes on, and yeah, um, more potential. Still get it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean that gold kryptonite. I tell you, the gold kryptonite is just. Uh, <laughs> Hell of an <laughs> so, yeah, no, I really like that. And I think it's a good counter to all of death as well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because now that I think about it, the, you can get away with, like, how positive they are a bit more if they have a kid that they're mm. raising. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, something came from all that horror, I guess. So, uh, yeah. And, Maybe uh, have another kid. Yes, and not only that, a kid that can make diamonds. No wonder they've got a whole bloody 
basket of coal. <laughs> They'll be rich. No need for blood diamonds anymore. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Superman diamonds. All right. Well, uh, yeah, that, that that was that. That was um, it's good to get that out of the way. Although I did enjoy it, obviously. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so Noel, I hope you're happy with our coverage. Yes, thank you, Noel. I hope it was in depth enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and let's see. Oh, one thing. Uh, just a bit of Superman news. I read. Uh, the Superman Man of Tomorrow issue that came out, that's about a dollar digitally. And it's average. But oh, it's a wow. dollar. Okay. So pick it up if you Yeah. It was just so average. <laughs> it was, just, it was <laughs> amazingly mediocre. Um, was the art good? Like the fact that it was so mediocre is both a pro and a con. Yeah. It's it's mediocre. Like it's mm. it's serviceable. Um but it's only a dollar. So Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pick up the rest of the issues because it's a six-issue miniseries. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like you can purchase any other Superman comics right now. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just yeah. wanted to support Superman and, hey, a dollar is something that's in my budget. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just forgot to mention that at the start. But, yeah, uh, cool. if you want a Superman fix or you want to support Superman, check it out. It might get better. Um, it's not bad. It's just, yeah. Like, he fights Parasite. And... <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that's it. Um, the parasite's cool. Yeah, it'd be legs, cool, cool. So villain. you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, it just it feels like it has all the depth of like feels like it has let like just it's just Superman fights bad guy. Ah, oh, that could be could be fun. And it can be yeah. fun. Yeah. It can be fun, <laughs> but it's just it's just like my mind is imploding at how average it is. It's crazy. <laughs> It is so crazy how average it is. But average is better than bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. true. true. <laughs> you know. um, yeah. But yeah, uh, so thanks heaps for coming on, Robert. Yeah, uh, thank you, Robert. Yeah, it's been know. a pleasure to talk. It's been awesome. Especially getting up in the morning. Uh, yeah. uh, your knowledge is always, you know, and your personality and everything as well. We're not well, just thank using you. <laughs> we are using you like Brainiac. Well, you're um, you're our Lex. Come on and- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it's always a pleasure uh, to talk. Um, I mean, I, I I won't say I'm the, the the number one Superman fan, but I always do have enjoyed reading Superman over the years. I think the I think the Bronze Age and the kind of bridging into the modern era is always a very interesting era. Uh, yeah, there, which is my uh, <laughs> wheelhouse for uh, Superman there. So yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think there's there's a impression of Superman over the years that I think is not quite borne out by actually reading the Superman comics. Mm. Um, I don't know if you can really claim that Superman were the very best comic on the stands at any point other than maybe the fifties mm. and, and maybe the the late thirties, early forties, but. Uh, it's uh, it's certainly been a high quality, uh, a lot of high quality. I think underrated for yeah. its, its quality over the years. Mm. Um, even when it, it's sometimes struggle with the burden of that. And I I think this kind of story, which is kind of bring all the bits of iconography together, uh, really kind of shows what what a character's rich history Superman has. Yeah, cool. Yeah, all right, definitely. Um, that that's also my favorite era. 
as well, that, that sweet spot in the Bronze Age and modern era. Um, yeah, uh, so where can everyone find you? Just plug plug away. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I have two podcasts. Uh, one is uh, uh, the Still Watch the Skies podcast, hosted by Where the Long Tail Ends. Uh, dot com. You can search for Where the Long Tail Ends, and you'll find the uh, the podcast feed in there where we talk about uh, science fiction movies that are not named like Star Wars or Two Thousand and One and Alien. Uh, <laughs> we review stuff like uh, Zardoz and The Quiet Earth and The Man Who Fell to Earth and Stalker yeah. and the Wandering Earth, among others, uh, there. So we, we try to, to mix it up um, uh, with with that. Um, we're reviewing Time Bandits next month, which will be fun. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I'm also the host of uh, Swamp Things. Uh, we are on hiatus, but I'm, I'm working on getting it started up where we cover uh, Alan Moore's uh, run, and me from beginning to end. Uh, there are uh, 36 episodes out there. Um, and uh, I, I'm quite proud of what we put together on that. I, I think if you read along with the Alan Moore series and you listen to that, I, I think you'll find it very entertaining. Yeah, highly recommend. Um, it's great stuff. We get we get very carried away in the depth of our discussion on that, but <laughs> I, I <laughs> but it only speaks to the the quality of Alan Moore and his prime that uh, you can talk. Uh, well over uh, 50 minutes or so on, on any given issue yeah. of Swamp Thing. You still find interesting angles and admire the craft and uh, admire the artwork of Stephen Bissett and John Tottleden uh, and Rick Veach, among others. Mm. Yeah. No, so, I mean, Alan Moore's out of his prime? <laughs> <laughs> Alan Moore had a very long prime, though, I'll have to say. He did, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, I kind of think Swamp Thing is, uh, fits well with all of uh, Moore's preoccupations. Horror, beauty, mm. sex, violence. Uh, it, it, it's all kind of there. And uh, yeah. good and evil. Uh, he, he, he covers it all there. And I, I think it, it turned out to be that. And he has a lot of fun exploring more than the DC universe than you would think of a Swamp Monster would cover. <laughs> mm. cool. Yeah, no, I, I can't wait to go on that gravy train or yeah. moss train. I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, well, uh, the, the mid-80s, late-80s is probably my favorite period of DC Comics and more is a big part of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that, that, that's fair enough. Um, yeah. It's a good period. So, yeah. um, comics in general, I think, were good around that time. It was a very... Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, yeah, I, I, I think that was where they, they had that, uh, all the uh, Comics Code Authority has been turned off basically. Yeah. Now we can do these stories we've always been itching to do. And, um, yeah. And they, they didn't work quite where they figured out trade paperbacks for a thing so that there was no padding for the trade. Uh, <laughs> a, a good three issue story would be packed full of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a lot of two issue, three issue arcs in there, which I, I, feel, I feel is a. Uh, and even single issue uh, stories in there, which I feel, feel is a good mix as to everything being six, eight, 12 parts. Yeah. Yeah. So you and get to the point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we still get some. It's very rare. We got that mm -hmm. in the current Batman Superman title, but everything else does seem to be squarely in telling it in six issues to make the trade. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And, and sometimes even when they're good middle chapters, they just don't feel satisfying on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like when the when the comics when you buy an issue and I come come away feeling I didn't read like one sixth of it. I I I read a story. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Um. Yeah. Uh. So look. Uh, if you ever want to join us or anything, if you see something, you know, feel free to hop on. That that's in general as well to everyone out there. Um, unless you know, you're like um, you're like a disease or something. I was <laughs> going to say something else, but <laughs> I, um, I should point out though that one of the upcoming issues that we're going to get to does feature uh, Alan Moore writing Lex Luthor. Uh, there, which is probably a bigger uh, story yeah, than in uh, uh, whatever happens about tomorrow, and and arguably it's the very first appearance of the post-crisis Lex Luthor appears in Swamp Thing. That's right, because that was in that weird overlap. Yeah, yeah. It's like he was writing this one month, the next month he was writing the uh, Lex Luthor in Swamp Thing. Yeah, and it would have been a different Lex Luthor as well. Yeah, yeah. This has been a uh, super villain consultant, Lex Luthor. Sorry about that. Um, all right. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed that coverage. And next week will be, uh, or next episode will be here with the Superman Strength Mini, mm-hmm. which is a request, and the uh, Superman animated series comic that has like twenty-two stories. In one, I can't remember the name of it, but uh, yeah, it's issue forty-two, I believe. Okay, uh, but, awesome. But it, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's a it's a very impressive thing that the Mark Miller did. Yeah. Oh, and I believe the request is by Patrick Ryle. I feel, I'm sorry if I, I mispronounced your name, but uh, we're finally getting to that. I think you yeah. sent it in last year and in the last <laughs> year. So yeah, uh, yeah, really looking forward to covering those. Mm-hmm. Um, so until next time, uh, um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Just send them home with a wink. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever, like someone's leaving your house, like a delivery man or something, just call out to them, do the wink, and then close the door. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, peace. Superman and all other characters in these comics are properties of DC. Any images or music we use are properties of their respective copyright holders. We are doing this for fun and not making money off it, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at lskpodcast at gmail.com and find us on our Libsyn, lskpodcast.libsyn.com. Our Twitter, at lskpodcast. Our Facebook page, Last Sons of Krypton a Superman podcast. And last but not least, thank you everyone for listening.